everybody, and welcome to my niche podcast about the one thing I know something about game shows. I suppose I'm your host, Jordan Haas. In a few minutes, we'll be talking with Mark Robuck of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show Show about Starcade. But like always, we have to get through some news. First, uh, the Double Dare Tournament. Uh, the Kids' Choice Awards Tournament was last week. I watched a bit of the new season, and I got some news uh, to report that the Season 2 is going to be entirely tournament structure. Oh, well, the first the Kids' Choice Awards Tournament ended really anticlimactically. They didn't really go through that many obstacles. That was kind of a letdown. But that's that's okay. Uh... So this so this season pickup, it is twenty episodes. Uh, we already with with five tournaments in each of them. We've already seen one of them. It's Kids Choice Week. Upcoming ones include a SpongeBob SquarePants Week, one that's WWE Superstars Week, probably in time for WrestleMania, a Halloween Week, and a Christmas Week. That's of course after the Kids Choice Week we've already seen. Uh, I mean. It was okay. It seems like they're just keeping some of the familiar physical challenges that we've seen this time around. There were a few cool obstacles. One of them was called Fort Fight, which was like a pillow fort, and then they had to find a flag in that. Other was a giant box of cereal, which I kind of liked. And Mount St. Double there was really cool. Uh, but it seems to me like most of the new obst- like the new physical challenges revolve around basically an I-beam that has a net in it, and a way to, you know, hang things from, such as balloons or rope, which is, I mean, like, okay, I guess. I, I, I'm not, not disappointed, but it seems like most of the budget was spent on set dressing than necessarily new obstacle courses. Um, but I, I love the, I like this Double Dare season, so I'll, I'll keep watching as soon as the new tournaments show up. Uh, they They did change it from points to money. I'm, I, I I'm still confused by that, but that's fine. Uh, but but there you go. There, it's all tournaments. Oops, all tournaments. I always say. Uh, next is the YouTube stuff. There's a couple of reviews. Uh, one of which was, if you remember, a couple weeks back, we talked about the game Garage. The game Garage, which is a really cool thing by Tom Scott. Now, Tom Scott uh created a few game shows with David Bodicombe. Uh, that are basically cool ways of creating game shows. Last week, uh, he did something called Above Average, and I want to get quickly into reviewing some of these shows because I kind of enjoyed them a lot. Above Average was a game where they got three people to go through three minute-long challenges, and all they got to do is beat the average among seven other people, which I kind of enjoy because it kind of has a feel of Gogglebox, or, or pointless, or, or maybe the button, where it's the, the familiars are the group that gets to play the game constantly. And you have to beat that average, probably once per season. Uh, and it was fun, because the way they played it up was the first game was played for one point, the second game was played for two points, the third game is played for three points. And then the final game, the fourth and final game, uh, you basically turn those points into knockouts, which means you can knock out a person uh, in, that plays the same game as you. Almost like Off the Wall. If, that ever, if everyone remembers the Disney Channel game show Off the Wall, 
kind of like that. You have to beat the video of the same person doing the same stunt. And they had like a money ladder where if you can get first place, you get 50 pence. If you get second place, you get 20 pence. And then if you get third place, 10 pence. And after that, it's done. But for every point you you grab, you can eliminate someone from the competition, which I kind of enjoy because that means on a perfect game scenario, you play a perfect game, you knock out six people out of seven. When you knock out that, that means you're left with one person at least to compete with, which means you have a guaranteed money and a chance to go to the finale, which I do enjoy as someone who kind of likes something like a rat race on The Price is Right. If you play a perfect game, you're guaranteed something, but there's always the chance you still could screw up, and I kind of like that. Above Average was my favorite of the three games. Uh, That's one that I can definitely see be like video wall themed, and there's lots of different like video monitors all over the place and has like a minute to win it feel which i kind of enjoy because it has these games that you could theoretically play at home and i love that and the way it was handled was really funny and really remarkable and one that i'm surprised has not been picked up like if i was a uh, like a network executive this would be the kind of show i would definitely try to pick up before youtube beats me to it because this has the perfect viral video success of, hey kids, go on YouTube and do the same games at home. And you could even have that be the feature of, it's YouTubers playing different games, and then you have to beat people who've uploaded it online. It's called Above Average, and it was on the Game Garage from Tom Scott. Uh, Other than that, his last game was called Keep It or Dump It. And it was more of a straightforward quiz. In this format, it was one person, and they have basically a 3x5 a, a grid of 15 different things. The goal, almost like a million-second quiz, or not million-second, million-dollar money drop, is to keep those answers on, on the screen for as long as possible. So there's like four different categories, and you got to go through three of them. Uh, in each category, you have to knock out two. You have to pick one of two scrolls, and you can either keep it, based on the category, or dump it based on the category. For instance, if there were 15 U.S. states, uh, you could say uh, population over a million, keep or dump. If you keep, you keep the states that are over a million. If you hit dump, you dump the states that are over a million. And it's almost partially luck-based because of these scrolls, but also kind of interesting the way you can logically think out the answers. Because if you screw up, there could be a chance you can knock out all of them. There's also a chance that based on your luck, you can also save all of them as well. Which also adds a layer to the game. Because now you have to go through every answer and see does it fit a criteria to keep or dump. Uh, I, I enjoy that. Because after the first two rounds, if I believe there's two questions each. Uh, the third one, and then there's like out of three or four. You go to the final round where it's for everyone that you, for every question that you survive in that category, uh, you get money. If you can survive three questions, you get the full fifty. I lo- I like that as an idea, and I was trying to think of what would it look like as a studio format. And all I can think of was like the, that that candy glass, you know, that candy glass that you see in stunts. That's just like a small window plane, and you just put twelve of them all across the stage. And then you have a projector 
projecting onto the glass uh, the different graphics with the answers. So that way when you click dump, it literally drops the plane of glass and makes a nice shatter effect. So as the game progresses, the floor is just covered in all of this in this candy glass shards, which makes this really cool effect because the more you play on, the more the game kind of almost emulates on the set. And I kind of I could kind of enjoy that. And I did enjoy that as a format as well. I would say if I had to rank the three because it was above average, keep it or dump it, and then it was a uh, way. It was the way game. Wait for it. Uh, I kind of would say it was above averages first, keep it or dump it second, and wait for it third. I like all three of these formats, and I do enjoy the way they handle these these games. One was skill. One was more trivia. This was kind of a luck trivia game. And they all had their own little like concoction that worked. I could see things like a video monitor for, for above average. I could see a giant wall of screens and them just breaking whenever you say dump it. Uh, just, just showing up. Because there has to be that sort of like visual effect of if you say stop, we're going to you know, it's that or you do like the Hell's Kitchen fire effect where it just sets on fire. And if you don't and you can keep all 15 up, that's good. I enjoy that. They they did have like a visual of because their only lifeline in keep it or burn it was uh, keep it or dump it was the burn. You can burn a scroll and then draw a, another one, which I think also adds a layer to, to the thinking of the game, which I also enjoy because they actually literally burnt. Uh, scroll i kind of like that so i i kind of in i kind of digged all all these games and i do highly recommend you you see keep it or dump it and i do highly recommend you see above average because these are great great shows even if they were played in a garage uh <laughs> I, I kind of liked it and and uh the la the last day i can say about this is uh I really want to see a series two of the Game Garage because I really love these game shows, and I know the, the the people who make these games definitely know game shows because man, the mechanics in this are phenomenal. So now, uh, other news: uh, the Circle is casting. Hey, the Circle, the UK game show, the Circle that was kind of like a online Big Brother but with cameras and you can lie and catfish or whatever. Uh, it's casting for Netflix right now. Go to Cast the Circle US on Twitter to find out more. All right. Now we got to get to some uh, other uh, industry news. Discovery and Science Channel Greenlight, a new season of BattleBots. Production in Long Beach in April. The epic Robot Fine series BattleBots is going back to production in April and returned for a second season on Discovery Channel and Science Channel this summer. BattleBots features the world's biggest, baddest, strongest, fastest next generation robots from all over the world as they duke it out for robot fighting supremacy. 2018 champion Bite Force will return to defend its title against top competition, including perennial contenders Tombstone, Minotaur, Witch Doctor, Bronco, Bombshell, and Yeti. The Metal Munching Mayhem. I just like saying munch. 
Because it's munch. The metal munching mayhem is coming back. From the bots to the builders, the flames, the spark, and all the robot guts and glory. With each match consisting of two robots competing in a single three-minute bout, the goal is to destroy or disable their opponent. If there is no knockout during the battle, a panel of judges will declare victor. The play-by-play -play team of Chris Rose and Kenny Florin will return to call out the action. Farouk Tahid is back as the ring announcer. Well, that's great. I like that. Um... I really enjoyed BattleBots when it got revived on ABC. I knew it ended up on, I believe, Science Channel, but I didn't catch this new version of BattleBots. But the fact it's probably going to Discovery Channel now, I might actually give it a, a watch again, because I do enjoy BattleBots. It is kind of a guilty pleasure show of mine. Um, NBC has given a 10-episode series order to That's My Jam! An unscripted music and variety game show inspired by Jimmy Fallon's Viral Tonight Show segments, Wheel of Musical Impressions. Fallon will executive produce the hour-long competition series, which will be infused with Fallon's one-of-a-kind comedic style, feel-good energy, and a carousel of his classic and brand-new music-based games, featuring a new group of celebrities each week, NBC says. We love playing these games on the show, and it'll be fun to see it take it to the next level, Fallon said. The format was brought to Universal Television Alternative Studio by Fallon, longtime Tonight Show producer Jim Jehovan, and writer Josh Knapp. Jeff Apeloff will serve as showrunner. Jimmy reinvented the late-night genre with one-of-a-kind celebrity game segments that are... Show our favorite stars that they're most clever, creative, and relaxed at Meredith R., president of Alternative and Reality Group at NBC Entertainment. We are thrilled to bring viewers a new set of games and create a new weekly party that's just as much fun to watch as it is to play along. From Wheel of Musical Impressions and Musical Genre Challenge to History of Rap, Fallon's musical game sketches and challenges have made a mark on late night TV, drawing more than 20 million YouTube subscribers. Desma Jam mirrors the Ellen's Game of Games, which also follows recurring segments. Uh, well, I, I could continue reading about this, but... um. This one, this one doesn't come as a shock because uh, he also has lip sync battle. That is one of Jimmy Fallon's other things, and it seems to be a thing w among a lot of late night talk. Is a lot of their bits get shown to YouTube, and because that's a thing on YouTube, well, now we got to make that a spinoff series for either an extended cable channel show, such as Drop the Mic on TBS, or Lip Sync Battle, or Lip Sync Battle Shorties. If you're talking Nickelodeon, it's okay. I, I. I the thing I don't enjoy about uh, talk shows that are bits and then they get spun off is it becomes the bit that's a little repetitive. So you just see that over and over again. And I kind of like it more when it stands alone as a bit on The Tonight Show, for instance, because then it makes it feel special. That being said, I'm going to be pitching to NBC uh, Lick It for 10 based off the favorite late night with Jimmy Fallon segment, Lick It for 10 where we get contestants to lick things for $10. And then to CBS, I'm going to look towards the new ambush game show, Mystery Pizza Box, where I'm going to deliver pizzas and they have a choice, keep their pizza or go with the Mystery Pizza Box and whatever's inside. Also, it is Jimmy Fallon, so it's going to be musical, and that's going to be kind of interesting. I, I might give it a watch because it's a singing show and it's a lighthearted show, and... I mean, it's a filler show, right? So it makes sense to me. It, it doesn't seem like they really want this to be presented as the next big thing like a voice. This seems like they want this to be a paired-up show, which is one way of looking at game shows. I could see that. 
but but that's kind of it's it's kind of uh, what's the best way to describe it? It's it's disheartening to game shows because I think game shows are better than just filler. This feels like just set decoration. This just feels like uh, clips that you'll see on YouTube and then not watch the actual show on NBC. But who knows? I could be wrong with this. This just got announced, but eh, it, it, it's a it's a Fallon bit. It's spun off into a its own production. So okay, uh, the, the, let's just why don't you just do beat the star with Jimmy Fallon? You know, Schlagden Brog or Schlagden Star. Just do that with Jimmy Fallon. Pitch that because I'm sure he'd be up for that. Cause it's gonna be super great. Oh man, can't believe we're gonna have a friend time. Great time. <laughs> hey, okay. Uh, final news of the day uh, is actually something we've already explained here. Card Sharks and Press Your Luck game show revivals ordered by ABC. So it looks like Card Sharks is going to be on ABC. Two more class game shows making way. ABC has ordered revivals of Card Sharks and Press Your Luck. In each game of Press Your Luck, three contestants compete against each other, answering questions to earn spins on the big board. Contestants then use their spins to win cash and prizes while trying to avoid the whammy, who could take all of their winnings and leave them with nothing. The winning contestant moves on to the all-new bonus round to face the whammy in a final battle for the chance to win a fortune. What? John Quinn will serve as showrunner and executive producer, along with Fremontel's Jennifer Mullen. Well, can't annoy the showrunners. I want to be like Jack Allison. But um, the bonus round? What? Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, maybe? I. It makes no sense to me, because usually in the scenarios on Press Your Luck, if there's one person left standing after two whammy outs, they beat that. They played against the house in, in that version. So I'm guessing is this the truncated version? Assume the other two whammy out, and then you do it, or maybe they're going to do like some new format where it's like round one, whoever has the lowest is out, and then in round two, whoever has the lowest out. So then this round is like the third and final big buck round. I I mean I I can't get angry at the fact there's no bonus round. There's a bonus round for for press your luck. I mean it's okay to have that. It's but if it's one thing I've understood is a lot of these shows that are coming back, they don't really mess with the format as it currently stood. Like match game is match the six celebrities to go to the super match. Pyramid is after the six categories, whoever wins goes to the bonus round, the winner's circle. Like the, they don't really mess with the format. So for Press Your Luck to revive like this, I don't know. It sounds to me like they are going to make this a three-contestant hour-long game, and they're going to stretch it out. Or this is just some way to add an extra act, like thing to a final act, which might be fun. But it, if it's one thing I understand about board games, especially one that if it's press your luck, it's press your luck, is you're just going to get people who aren't going to watch the first 45 minutes and just stay tuned to the last 15 because that's when it's the final three spins on the show and then the bonus round. And then the bonus round's kind of where all the money is made. So there's no real appeal to watch this. Uh, I had a discussion with a friend of mine about Press Your Luck. And their thought is how boring it is to do a trivia round and then the board round and then a trivia round and then the board round. Because it's so randomized and there's no way to blend the two. So maybe they're going to just try and 
mix the both up maybe the board the trivia round and the board round combined like i originally thought and then they're going to do a bonus round at the end that'd be fascinating i i could see that possibly working uh as long as you keep the whammies i mean like that's that's pretty much all I think everyone cares about is just the big board and then the flashing lights and big bucks, no whammy stop. And then if you hear the little whammy go, hey, I'm taking all your money. <laughs> like, like that's all you need. Like, like the other, like have a bonus round. Sure. What, whatever. I, 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 I'm curious enough to see it, but it's not the classic format. If that's what you're going with, it seems like a new twist to the game, much like a, uh, counter offer on deal or no deal sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't work i have to watch it to figure it out i am intrigued but i'm not celebrating press your luck as i probably should have uh the other news card sharks features two players who face off in a head-to-head elimination game with the goal of one player making it to the grand prize winning deck what each contestant has to decide if the odds are worth the risk of losing it all and making it to the big game. What, the Super Bowl? Ultimately, players can either take their earned cash and quit or continue betting with the hope of reaching the top for a chance to take home a major cash prize. Scott St. John will serve as showrunner. Oh, okay. And executive produce with Jack Martin and Mullen. So it sounds to me like they're not doing survey questions. It sounds like they're not doing any questions or because I mean, I like I've heard they're not doing questions for card sharks and that kind of, I don't think that would mix card sharks. To be honest, like I thought if you're going to bring back card sharks, it's because you want the viral bit of the surveys and that's a perfect pairing for family feud who also has the surveys and they're in the Fremontal library. So to do this, I don't know. I think all I could see this is dramatic lighting and it's going to be a prize tree. And the longer you go, the more money you make. But if you make one mistake, it's all over. So you will see probably it being like a millionaire ladder, like a higher, lower, higher, higher, lower, lower, lower. And it's like every correct answer doubles the money. So we get to the point where it's like, okay, you have $25,000 and a seven higher or lower than a seven, or you can freeze. If you freeze, you win $25,000, but this is for $50,000. You're saying higher. We want this to be higher than a seven. If this is higher than a seven, you have $50,000. If it's six or lower, you have lost $25,000. If this is a seven though, we it's a flip of a coin and we have to do a coin toss we want this to be higher than a seven we'll reveal it's higher than a seven when we come back they they keep messing up card sharks i don't think they're gonna mess up this one yet i have to also have the same faith with this show as i will with the press your luck bonus round but i'm not getting excited about card sharks now and I'm not pulling the hashtag Jordan for card sharks because I'm sure the elimination game might be silly, screwy, because it has to be something lighthearted to this game. It I, People say the filler is the survey questions and the main game is the cards. I think the opposite. I think the cards are fun, but that is just how you get the scoring system to go. 
I think it it needs to have a clever uh, game mechanic for it to work. And I've got to see what their new game mechanic is to hold judgment. So I'm a little annoyed right now with, with both Card Sharks and Press Your Luck. But it is Summer Fun and Games. They're both in production. And I'm unsure I'll get excited about this if there's no survey questions. Is the money cards also changing? But it sounds like things that also sounds like it's changing. It sounds like you can quit. I liked money cards because there's no chance for you to quit. Your your only quitting is basically giving the minimum bet of fifty bucks. So in this version, why not just make it the minimum bets like a thousand bucks or or a hundred bucks? Something where they bet low, you have the audience go, "Oh, come on!" Something like that would make it exciting. But it sounds to me like it's yet again another luck-based game show, and they're going to try and do some sort of... I'm going to say there's going to be questions. Even though they say there's no questions, I think there's going to be some sort of interesting game mechanic that involves questioning, such as a do you think, or what was the... It's not going to be just like go through mon- like go through your order or do a money cards to go into the big money cards. One of those has to... Something has to be here because I'm not getting the full rules outline, and and someone's playing a practical joke on me. Ha ha ha! Yeah, that's that's it's a practical joke, right? Right? Like you're not you're you're adding a bonus round to press your luck, and you're not getting the survey questions on card sharks. Like like that's to me that's just like a big practical joke. It's almost April Fool's. I get it. Maybe they're all playing a practical joke on Jordan. Ha <laughs> ha! You know, those rascals, they're like, hey, we're bringing it. It's like a monkey's paw. I think that's what it is. It's like, hey, Jordan, what game shows you want to see revive? Card sharks, press your luck. Oh, okay. Bonus round, no survey questions. Ha <laughs> ha, you care what you wish for, jackass. <laughs> um, but no, I, I got to see how the, these shows go because I'm wrong before. I have been wrong before, but I am not as excited as I was when I first heard the announcement. Like, I am now maybe half interested, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with both Card Sharks without surveys and a bonus round in Press Your Luck. But I'm not, like, going to be doing cartwheels and backflips over the excitement of a revival of the show. And considering the direction of Double Dare, and that's also now a Fremontal show, I'm a little worried. I gotta be honest, I'm a little worried. But, uh, oh well. This is how they do revivals now. Oh. Anyway. Video games and game shows go together. Rather, it was Video Power from our first guest episode to shows like Nick Arcade in the 90s, to the modern-day panel shows like Go 8-Bit. It was the start of the 1980s, and arcade gaming became popular. Titles like Pac-Man and Space Invaders would sweep strip malls and shopping centers across America. For the price of a quarter per game, children and adults could create hamburgers in Burger Time, or Drift Race in Pole Position. The craze was booming, and two people sought to turn that success into a game show. Created by James Caruso and Mavis Arthur, a married couple from San Francisco, they formed the JM Production Company, J for James, M for Mavis. Their primary work was not in game shows, but in instructional videos and point-of-sale productions. 
but their clients, such as Apple and Commodore, which they made videos for, helped them show the advancing technology in the boom of the 1980s. But the creation of a game show based around arcade games was proven a difficult format to crack. The first pilot, filmed in 1981 at KRON-TV in San Francisco, was hosted by Mike Urizoni, a gold medalist hockey player. 24 contestants were split among three groups of eight contestants. In each group, a different arcade game was played, with the highest scoring player advancing until three were left, one per each game. With whoever scoring the highest in the next game, winning an arcade cabinet in Apple II, and the biggest prize of all, playing Donkey Kong against Larry Wilcox from TV's Chips. This pilot would only air in several stations in California, with a later pilot in a retooled format hosted by Alex Trebek three separate times. Ted Turner was looking for a show that was friendly to video games for a new client he had called Parker Brothers. James and Mavis cold-called program development for Turner Program Services and pitched the show to them, and it got picked up for 23 episodes, later 100. But Trebek would unfortunately not be part of the show, as he would be busy hosting a new game show, Battle Stars, on NBC. It would instead go to Mark Richards, but audiences and staff saw that he seemed uninterested in the games, and would quickly be replaced with Jeff Edwards, a man who admittedly never played an arcade game in his life. But, after taping his first episode, would grow to be a fan of video games until his death in 2014. As the focus was on the arcade games, and the contestants who played them instead of Jeff Edwards, it was a fitting name for a game show. Starcade. But does it still hold any cultural merit? We'll answer that and many more questions today. Now let's turn the table. With me on the line is the host, well, one of the co-hosts of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show Show, Mark Roebuck. How's it going? I'm, it's going great, man. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Do you see the joy, just our, just the title of our podcast? Do you see what that brings? <laughs> it makes you just want to look at the audience and go, what's up, Paisano? Hey, Paisanos, let's all do the Mario, which, if you don't know, is just kind of a little bit of shuffling. You just swing your arms and... The original, it's a precursor to floss. Take one step and then again. Yeah, definitely. Quite literally, just laying, laying down the... The early the, the core with, skills that you would need later to, to do some of these important dances. But it, with it's a lot of, less rowdy Roddy Piper. Sadly, yeah. We haven't got to his episode yet, but there so so the Super Mario Bros. Super Show Show is a podcast where in uh, Jeremy Kaplowitz and I uh, are watching every episode of the Super Mario Bros. Super Show. And that's like it's like fifty-two of them, which means fifty-two live action segments, which means most of them have cameos, and I don't I don't know how deep the Rolodex was. So Lou Albano, Mario slash professional wrestler. Definitely called in a lot of professional wrestling uh, <laughs> friends, so that's that's exciting for me. It's just incorporating one other thing that I love into the into the whole project here. And but some yeah, musicians. Seen... Cindy Lauper yeah. was there. Uh... Yeah, Cindy Lauper. But um, I also would maybe wonder if that was a wrestling connection because she was super into uh, you know she's at like WrestleMania one and stuff like that. So I think 
I, 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 I'm curious. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll, we'll cut that all up when we get to it. But we did get Sergeant Slaughter pretty early on into things. That, that was a lot of fun. See, you have a 52 like episode adventure. I still have a 110 part series looking at every pricing game yeah. on the prices right. So yeah. yes, yeah, you really have uh, cast a pretty wide net. We're we're very tunnel visioned into nope, just this show. But I mean, with that being said, there ha- we love doing it so much. There has been some talk about you know. There's a lot of other kind of. Uh, not as legendary Mario shows. There's Captain N and the Game Master as well. There's there's other avenues we could take. Yeah, all the Mario things. And I you you did you did send the call out to does anyone want to we'll go on your podcast and I'm like, well I listened to the I already listened to Super Mario Brothers Super Show show. <laughs> and it's like, well you have a niche podcast about Mario. What kind of and I have a niche podcast about game shows. What let's mer- merge the two together. Meet in the middle, right? And, and this we that's why we landed upon this game show starcade 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 uh for familiar people they probably most recently seen it on a twitch 24-hour marathon or if they were growing up like about 16 years ago with extended extended cable on the g4 network um, but oh. in the earliest of early days uh this actually aired on tbs the turner station that's like, I got to think that's the early days of cable. It like is, 1980s days. to 1980, 1981, 82. Oh, man. Uh, I already did an introduction featuring the about the history of the game, but uh, it, it really is kind of uh, interesting the way it would show up. Um, so the original host, uh, not to be confused with Mark, Mark uh, is Mark Richards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Mark Richards was the original host of Starcade, uh, and uh, after 20-something episodes, I think 23, 24, he would get replaced by, for the rest of them, Jeff Edwards. Jeff Edwards is a big game show host. He's hosted various things such as Treasure Hunt, which is one of my favorite game shows, to Mm. later on Jackpot. Uh, So he's kind of a quirky guy. Much better job, I think. Not to knock anyone, but I think Jeff uh, Jeff episodes I prefer a bit to to the marks. <laughs> uh, then there's only room for one mark around here. You know, I'll say it. <laughs> so the original pilot was a little bit more uh, crazy, uh, and at one point Alex Trebek was actually with the host. Ooh. That's uh, interesting. You know, he, he landed that Jeopardy gig and obviously just rightfully just rode that for a while, but he really was one of those. No, this was before kind of the Jeopardy gig. Man. Jeopardy no, yeah, at this time I mean, was like, still. Uh, he really bounced around for a while on stuff, is what I recall. Like, I know he was on Classic Concentration and some other things. So uh, High Rollers. Yeah. This was uh, yeah. Battle Stars. He did the gig on Battle Stars, which is like a Hollywood Squares themed around Star Wars kind of thing. It was the early oh, wow. 80s. Everything was. Oh, wow, I could get into that. That sounds exciting. Yeah. Um, so, so for this show, it's a, it's a simple format. It is the first, at least from my knowledge, the first, uh, game show themed around video games. This was the arcade boom Mm -hmm. and what, what a way to do it than through the worlds of game shows. That's always, it's, it's why I really love doing this podcast because it's always, what's the cultural impacts in each of the decades and games that had an impact and Starcade is that in terms of the arcade boom. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so the easiest way to sum up the game is, uh, cause it's the arcade. Every arcade game is played with points. 
we're not in a story-based show or a story-based uh, video game world that we lived in. This is the arcade games where you put in a quarter, and then after like a minute, you die, and then you have to put in another quarter. So for this show, uh, there is two contestants. They were uh, they were basically selected because they had quote unquote matching game ability. This is because of the scoring system of which they were playing a multitude of games. What they did was they got a whole group of kids and adults together, and they had them play a couple practice games, and they recorded their scores. These scores would later become the averages in the final round. But because of the matching scores, oh, that's similar. They were casted to be the contestants of of the episode. So you got around 4,000 points in this game. I got about 4,100 in this game. Therefore, we're going to be playing uh, together. Seems like we were talking about this a bit before uh, uh, before the show here. It seems like there's no good reason to try your best (laughs) in the the practice round, right? Or the scoring Uh, round. They actually noticed that that some people did do that and were actually disqualified oh from okay winning their prizes. okay wow because they right. go because yeah. they kind of see well you got like when you played like pac-man this time you got like 20 you got like eight thousand points but when you played it in practice twice you only got one thousand mm-hmm <laughs> that's funny right then you get onto the show and it's yeah, yeah and then of course backstage they would <laughs> start uh getting the crowbars out <laughs> that might have been one way to keep it fair is like if you have like a hundred people and then the top 20 all get to be on tv then you get everyone trying their best you know actually the 20 person format was actually sort of more what the original pilot was the original oh, that was pilot, the they had uh, it was basically almost like a tournament of champions kind of thing where it was three games with eight people each, and that's why it was called Starcade. It was the arcade is the stars, but it made out to look like real arcade with three rows of eight games each. Yeah, that makes sense because you see that arcade still, and then they just kind of literally <laughs> run away from it. That's they run away. Uh, that is the arcade warehouse, though. So that becomes <laughs> later just for the department yeah. because it's a game show. You know, you have to have like a storage place for all the of prizes. That, yeah, and for them, it's yeah. it's the arcade warehouse. Uh, they had connections because they uh, the original because the production company. It's not like a Mark Goodson or any of these big names. This is actually just. Yeah. Uh, a, a married couple and they kind of just oh. do these like production videos like how to set up an arcade cabinet or how oh. to operate a computer so they <laughs> had the connections to get all these arcade companies to license out oh. their arcade cabinets for the show because they see it as free advertising yeah and yeah it was still a pretty new industry and these things were still kind of being sorted out and stuff like that yeah because like we were talking to you see like the most high profile games of the era in a way that, like, you know, I don't... Off the top of my head, I could say that I don't think you ever saw them play, like, NBA Jam or Mortal Kombat on Nick Arcade. <laughs> but on, on Starcade, you see him playing Miss Pac-Man and, and, and you know, Pole Position. And, Dragon's and, like, Lair made its debut. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. They had, yeah, it really... They um, had a whole episode where it was just Dragon's Lair, by the way. So imagine that the entire <laughs> game was Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair. Your final that's... round is Dragon's Lair. And if yes. you get right, you win Dragon's Lair. Did they please tell me they just had five of the same cabinet lined up? <laughs> I think they did actually, <laughs> but they only had the one on stand though. But... Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's great. Now, 
I'll admit to probably not knowing something that I should on this, but did Dragon's Lair have a score or was that it one? Did. Where you got it more did have a score based. Oh, okay. It was on the top left corner based on your actions. So you made a correct prediction. You get a hundred points. Got it. Okay. Cause that was definitely like you had mentioned at the top, you know, that sort of has, that was one of the first, if not the first big game where we transitioned into like, Oh, can you get, can you advance the story? Right. But that makes sense that there would also be both. Cause you kind of had the scoreboard. Uh, so, so here's how the plot works. So they got the two contestants with two matching abilities, quote unquote, because some of them <laughs> did tank. The first, uh, the first, uh, the first matchmaking system in, in, in the gaming. The first matchmaking system, which would only get better from here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So there is a choice of five different arcade cabinets, and some of these are really well known, like Mario Brothers or Pole Position or Cubert. And then others are a little more obscure titles, such as Bump and Jump, <laughs> or or uh, Maisie Razor, whatever. What was it, Maisie Razor or something? And it That's, was, yeah, it was, yeah. it was in the it was in the next episode. I just I just fizzled out on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. So to determine who gets the right to play to pick the arcade game, a trivia question is asked, and it's about the world of video games. Such as in the episode we saw, what in Burger Time? What color is Mister Hot Dog's eyes? Is yeah, it black right. or white? Get out of here! <laughs> it's just and, and because it's Jeff Edwards and he is a game show host, he has, mm-hmm. he one hundred percent hosted that question. Oh, I love it. I mean, I bet. Do you love it too? These people, there's just people that are just cut from the certain cloth. I was like, you were put on this earth to be a game show host. Your Wink Martindales and your Bob Eubankses, right? You yes. Know? <laughs> and, and so very much, I think Jeff Edwards is in that mold where just like, give him any question on an index card, he's gonna do his goddamn best. And it's like, what yeah. color is Mario's hat on Mario Brothers? Is it blue <laughs> or gray? Really, really good. In a way that um, the other fellow there wasn't as convincing Mark? with it. He was really, he, you've listened to him and, and, and it gets it gets away from him a little bit. What color do the um, the phase, mutant phaser bombs, uh, you know. <laughs> Even though it wouldn't be the case. In Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, what color <laughs> is April O'Neil's jacket? Is it <laughs> yellow or is it orange? The two, the two multiple choice. Bloop! Orange, really fucking choice. idiot. No, <laughs> Zolo. All right, well, Dale. What category do you want to pick? My favorite difference amongst the hosts, and while I'm, I'm saying I'm on record, I thought Jeff did a better job. There's one thing that Mark did a little bit better. Uh, I'll take us on a bit, a quick sidebar if you don't mind. You know, so the beginning of the show. They open and he's the host is standing there and there's the two contestants are like finishing up their supposed last practice round. He goes, OK, thanks for, you know, watching Starcade. Are you guys done practicing? Let's go play the game. And then like we joked about, they run over. Now, the difference I noticed is that uh, Mark runs in front of them as a leader. Hey, I know where we're going. I'll show you what older Jeff does is kind of follows them. and it <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll meet you in a bit. I got to take a phone call real quick. Uh, like he's like hurting them out. He, at one point, uh, what, the one I watched, he was doing a little clap move, you know, the way he'd like be following, like, like a coach or something. Get out of right, here. guys, follow me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> now get out of this arcade. And even though he's a very cool guy, it does just kind of look like for a second, like, you kids, get out of here. <laughs> you know? I think that's the idea. I think they were trying to go for, at least on the casting standpoint, like who looks like an arcade owner. 
I think that was the original intention. Like, yes, a game show host that looks like an arcade owner with the suit. Mm-hmm. And the fun fact is, none of the hosts, not all, all four of them, when the two pilots, Trebek, uh, the Olympic gold medalist guy, forgot his name real quick, Mark mm. or or Jeff Edwards, none of them knew what a hell an arcade game was. <laughs> yeah. But the fun fact is, uh, after the first episode that Jeff Edwards recorded, he became a strong advocate for arcade gaming. Because this is at the oh, early time when people are still calling mm-hmm. it gambling or it, it's yeah. creating mischief with, with kids. Yes, definitely. And it was, yeah, it was sort of, yeah, obviously it's got its own, you know, it, when you say video games, it kind of just a thing now. But yeah, it's like everyone was still kind of figuring that all out back then. And Jeff Edwards became an advocate for it even after the show, like, ended. That's he still cool. had arcade, he has an arcade cabinet in his home, like. That's awesome. Some Black Widow that someone was like, nah, you can keep it after after they won. Well, no one's taking this bump and jump. (laughs) So after a trivia question is read of the AB, if you got it right, you get control. If you lose, the opponent gets control because it's only an AB question. And you get a choice of one of five games. One of these five games is the mystery game. If you pick it, you win a bonus prize no matter what happens. Then you get introduced to a description of the game uh, with... One Kevin McMahon as the announcer. I forgot who the one for the for the Mark one is. Where mm. they gave him like a like a voiceover guy, like, "Hey, how's it going? It's me." <laughs> <laughs> but when Kevin like McMahon did it with the Jeff Edwards, it was basically a brief discussion of what the game is as they were setting up. So it was like, "This is pole position. Use your car to drive very fast to get to the goalpost to get the top prize." I love what you pointed out to me before about how in between rounds, <laughs> the, the, the game is oh, the, just when they discuss things, back. when they discuss, uh, Jeff Edwards like has to mingle with the contestants a bit. Like, hey, so uh, have you played pole position before? Mm. <laughs> well, have any strategies, advice? What do you do? <laughs> so funny because I mean, of course, this is in the early days. There wasn't like, oh, we have a special version of this game built that will play in thirty second increments and reset. It's just like. <laughs> no, what they did is it's level one, and they had to have some guy back just pull the plug and then replug it. I hope someone wrote down that high score. <laughs> they did. They actually, what they had to do was at the they, what, what they did is they had a camera uh, up close and zoomed in away from the shoulder so you can see them play the game, mm-hmm. and then right at the fifty second or forty second or sixty second mark, whatever is the time limit they give for for the season or the game right when a time ends they freeze frame it mm-hmm. so that determines what your score is and then they write it down and then they put it in the little tin can showcase showdown podium yes that's I don't know that, what... yeah that is a very showcase showdown uh, type a little more you know it's like more i guess it, it's two silver podiums with an egg crate right display <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but it looks like tin cans. It looks something straight out of like if there was like a new supermarket sweep and it was just all about canned foods. Yes, post-apocalyptic supermarket sweep. This would be the scoreboard. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, the two scores would arrive uh, after two games because one question and then we both play the game and that's your scores. Uh, second question is read, and once again, it's played with four remaining games. But after two rounds of gameplay, whoever had the highest score 
gets to play a bonus round called Name the Game. Name the Game. Where there's going to be four television monitors, and if they get three out of four right, they get a small, cool prize. And if they get four out of four right, they get an even better prize. Some pretty cool prizes. The one I was watching had a cool, like, those little mini Casio keyboards. That was just the the first wave prize. And then it was, like, a ColecoVision or an old Texas Instruments uh, uh, console. They go through a lot of different uh, items. My favorite one was Mr. Disc, the portable vinyl record player. Mr. Disc. Imagine you're on the subway, you're at the BART, because this one in San Francisco, by the way. You're on mm. the BART. You just have your headphones in, and then you're holding your vinyl record, and it spins around. It looks like, for those of you listening that aren't familiar with it, it kind of looks like a stapler that has <laughs> headphones coming off of it. It's like if you jammed a record into a stapler, and instead of stapling it, the part in the middle, like you know, had like a needle. Yeah. And it's like, how it's does that work? The needle with the groove plays the music. That's how it, it triggers the speaker system. I wonder if that could almost be like weaponized, you know, like you have the spinning record in your hand. That <laughs> it, It's going to later be something that's a projectile that you would see in some like Playmates yep. toy in the later exactly, 80s. Yes. Exactly what I was thinking about. Yes. There's a video game. Look out, guys. It's the sh- it's the music master and he's going to yeah. shoot some vinyl records at you. Don't make me cut an album. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big time. <laughs> I'm going then, platinum, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because like a Walkman made sense because it's like, hey, cassettes are this little compact format, but like you know, you don't maybe you don't need a big old boombox or stereo. What if you just had this little pocket thing you could carry? That makes sense. But records are large, no matter what you're playing them on. <laughs> like, what is the what is the convenience there? So now you can just carry your big records and a tiny player. I don't know. <laughs> In the third round, after the the contestant either really screws up or gets three right or four right and wins a small prize, mm-hmm. uh, one final question is asked, and that gets to choose the final game played for the episode between the two. Once again, one final time limit is played, and whoever has the highest combined total of all three games wins Starcade, wins a couple of prizes, and goes on to play the final round where they can win a grand prize that any one of these video game arcade people would want, their very own arcade cabinet. To win the arcade cabinet, they will have a choice of the two remaining games left, and they have to beat the average of 20 different people playing the game at the exact same time at the exact same score. Possibly them. Who knows? (laughs) Another reason to tank it in the first place. Keep that average down. Keep the average down. But uh, they didn't didn't necessarily explain that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if they beat the average... Just from you right now, more than the show ever bothered to to explain to me. I mean, this is why the podcast exists. I love (laughs) it. Yeah, it's it's informative and and funny. Yeah, it's it's a good mix. It's what we aim for on our Mario show. (laughs) We also aim for the Legend of Zelda mini... Cartoons. Yes, every fifth episode you get that you get that Friday episode Zelda bonus. <laughs> hey kids, PSAs don't uh, don't put a hair dryer in the sink. Yeah, and just don't talk to a princess like that. There's no reason for it. Excuse me. <laughs> Have some respect. Come on. So in the 
So if the contestant can beat the average, then a whole bunch of kids storm the stage and they're excited and they celebrate because mm-hmm. they won the car- the arcade cabinet. Uh, otherwise, uh, they just get the consolation prizes and, and they still get to celebrate with the rest of the people in the audience. Yeah, it's I mean, because if the yeah, to get it's like a lot of a lot of shows, I suppose, to, even to get to the finals, you've kind of accumulated some stuff. But this is just the you know, what would have been a nice ending is if they would have gotten to choose a game from Starcade to take home with them. See that you're now explaining the later part of the show, part of the format where we go, should anything be changed? If should it be improved? <laughs> We're in that yeah. part of the game. I was going to sign think- off. I was going to talk about the, the sign off. Uh, Jeff Edwards' sign off phrase is may all your problems be zapped. <laughs> and that's like oh thank you jeff you know i've that's been great. through a rough patch you know i'm a teenager acne mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. thank you that's thanks right jeff yeah, you... right that's spayed or neutered that's a very yeah well that's because you have to have the sign-off phrase so his is may all your problems be zapped but yeah that's actually i like that idea you pick your your winning game mm-hmm uh, yeah, that would be exciting. I understand that then they probably just have to keep getting a new Galaga every week or something. You know, one of the big ones. I don't so, want on, on a... to. I don't want this weird pet. I don't want this car game. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want Arabian. What's Arabian? <laughs> I don't want Moon Patrol. I hate it. It sucks. Puyon. There was a Puyon they gave away once. Yeah. I watched one. They, it was like called, oh, well, I'm going to get it wrong, like Grapopla, Grapopla or something. But it was kind of like, an, it's like Arkanoid, but if your your ball would still bounce off the bottom of the screen. So it just kind of looked like you couldn't lose. <laughs> you know, like you just had some God mode turned on or something. It looked bad. Uh, so it was kind of. It is it it's an interesting uh selection of games. So one becomes the feature game and that's basically what is the prize of the day. I think that's kind of why they did it. So one becomes like the special spotlight game. Yeah, I could see them greasing the wheels of advertisers going, "How would you like to see Black Widow in lights next to Cubert? Donkey Kong." <laughs> you know? Hi, uh Data East, let me tell you something. <laughs> we, your quarter three earnings they're a little down, but let me tell you, this fall we have a brand new game show. It's called Starcade. How would you like to see it next to Pac-Man? Right, and it makes sense that, um, you know, yeah, like what, what we were just saying. All we that. need is uh, two cabinets, one for display and one to possibly give as a prize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should they win it and also want it? <laughs> Should the parents actually let it in the house, knowing it makes noise, even know, at night? Right, that's where it's like, oh, like, you know, you can't tell your kid not to go on a game show, but I'm sure there's a lot of parents hoping that they didn't win. I gotta make room for this in our home now. It's just like, I'll oh, put it next to the drums he doesn't play anymore, or, you know, just in two <laughs> months. Our contestant was a teenager who plays drums from Los yeah. Angeles, and he doesn't know if he wants to start a band or not. <laughs> He's got all these friends, though, he said. I got a lot of friends. We Which is a very, that is a very uh, hard news headline. Oh, yeah. Teenager from high school plays drums, comma, doesn't know if he wants to start band or not with friends. Yes. <laughs> it's funny because you have, 
I love the pairing of uh, it really is like a thing you really don't see in too many game shows. I can't I can't recall if I've ever seen a different game show where you would routinely have adults competing against teenagers unless that was sort of part of it. You know what I mean? If it's some eh, kids versus adults or something, you know, like, yeah, like just a fifth grader or <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, I, I'm sure there's a few that are built into the premise or whatever. But yeah, that just seems like hey, this week it might be two kids. It might be. So then they all kind of get the same amount of time. So it's just like, OK, sir. Mr. Johnson, uh, what, what do you do? Oh, well, I live here and I'm a school teacher and this and this. All right, 15-year-old kid, what's your deal? And then they have like nothing to say. So <laughs> and it's funny because it's like one is stuff. more like prone to being on camera and more like yeah. not nervous. He's like, yeah. well, I have a lovely wife. I have a dog. <laughs> uh, in my spare time, I do crossword puzzles. I also make a mean hamburger. Oh, that's fantastic. So tell me about you, Jeremy. I like Van Halen. Oh, God, I don't know. Oh, well. Oh, jeez. Well, I like math, and I I play video games. Yeah, yeah, you do. That's why you're here. Very good. All right, on with the show. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's fun. It does make for, you know, a lot of game shows can maybe feel redundant from episode to episode and you kind of need the different contestants to breathe to give it its personality and so like from episode to episode there's very different dynamics you know what i mean uh, as opposed to a lot of other shows i find sometimes it's a family episode where they bring them mom and the kid love it other times it's it's just two people who are brothers and sisters and they both get to play other times it's just one game played throughout they had a lot of variety when it came to the games well, that's cool too. I think more shows could do a thing like that where they shake it up. Although I guess there's no, I guess a lot of also. You know, you family, um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. This is one of the few game shows that actually have its own one nine hundred number with the Starcade hotline. Oh. If you call man. the number, you get advice and help from Jeff Edwards himself or Kevin McMahon about how to beat certain arcade games. Oh my. But it wasn't like a live line, right? It would just like press no. two for Frogger, and then it no, would just be like, "Don't get hit by cars." <laughs> uh, he actually, uh, the one game that he actually uh, gave advice for, because he actually owned a cabinet, I believe, was Sinistar. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. And people at the time, that was one of the toughest games out there. So that's kind of like, whoa. <laughs> So one, yeah, that's just good business strategy. Oh man, you said hotlines. That used to be such a way to like add more revenue to your thing. I remember begging my parents to let me call the WWF hotline. <laughs> Means you know, girl, it just keeps. It was like this weird thing where you played through like a wrestling match where it's like you are in the ring with the Undertaker. Would you like to suplex him? Press one. Headlock. Press two. And I'll just to keep you on the line, paying money. And I'm sure you just lost and. If you did the one perfect combination of things, you might win like a box of ice cream pops or something. The, but... the WWE ice cream bars, yeah, with with, uh, with Barbara Beefcake on there, and so yeah, big Re- boss Re- man. Re- <laughs> Rightfully so, people still hold hold those in high regard. I can't, I don't know. And be sure to watch WWF Superstars do... with Vince McMahon and yeah. Mr. Perfect. Are there any are there any TV shows being adapted into ice cream these days? I, I just think it's like a it's it's a bygone era, isn't it? It is the ice cream era. I mean, aside from like cartoons like uh, Dora mm-hmm. and and yeah, but yeah, mean, like I, I think like there needs to be like a Stranger Things or uh, like yeah, what else? Right. What kind of life action things do kids watch? Like if this was 1990 and we were getting ready, something as popular as Game of Thrones was entering its final season, there would be ice cream bars and there would be hotlines and a Kraft macaroni and cheese shape. <laughs> Yes, yes. 
They're really, yeah. Why? It's just for kids, and that's a, you know, I'm a grown man. I still eat macaroni and cheese. I would, you know, <laughs> it's where's, where's it's the Fargo <laughs> Aurora Borisoni. Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So but that being said, I love it. Like I know it's just the era I grew up in, so it's just easy to have nostalgia without much objectivity for the '80s. But I just, I just love it, and and that's that's part of what uh, we certainly try to celebrate on the, the on our show over doing the Mario Show Pod because it is just like I don't know. Same with like um, we were laughing about Sergeant Slaughter the way that he was like a wrestler that people like so much he just got to be in GI Joe. Like there was just a lot more. Uh, anything could be anything. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's a versatile character there, Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and then also too. Um, speaking of, I don't know if this has come up much, but like I feel like there was a lot of um, like I, I used to get into the the video game adaptations of uh, game shows. There used oh, to be a little the, more uh, attention tech. to that. I don't think we've. Uh, you know, I think you get like a standard Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune for most most systems these days, but it's not really. I don't know. Well, it, just, the original programming wise, it's easy to do data entry things like Family Feud and Jeopardy because sure, you just yeah, get the yeah. answers and the questions. And Wheel of Fortune easily because the letters are already out for you. So those yeah. three are kind of like easy to enter. It didn't get into like, well, what other game shows can you really do? Can you really do a password? Can you really do? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, or like Pyramid or something that's just kind of more inherent and, on interaction. And some of those did come out. There ha- there was a p- Pyramid. There was a uh, Super Password, because this was the 80s, Burt Convy. Sure, yes, uh, yes. But it's like, no. Like, Double Dare was an NES game. I don't think people played the that's DOS right. version. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Double Dare. I used to play the classic concentration game a lot on NES. And that, that game's mechanics, I think, really lent itself to a video game, like what you were saying. It was just kind of matching things up and, and then everything. type out the rebus puzzle answer yeah oh that sucked when you had to spell stuff out certainly as a young to kid, explain that was... it to people who've yeah. never seen a rebus puzzle <laughs> uh, yeah i what were the things sheep that's you that's a you the letter r you I remember are there's a lot of knees there'd be a lot of like a human and they're pointing to the knee or the eye uh, uh, but on the game show, they were behind that green screen doing like the weather broadcast. Well, exactly. <laughs> I like anytime. That's um. Sorry to jump all over the place, but that was with like Nick Arcade when they were in that final arcade game and just had no sense of where they were in the thing because they were. Like... They actually did. Uh, when they were in the final round, there was three different sound like mini sound stages. Mm-hmm. They were all blue screen, not green screen. And mm. each of them had a giant, like, 42-inch screen right in front of them. That's why you saw a lot of times they were looking over their shoulder. Looking off, yeah, and it looked a little disorienting. Like, if I step to my, this way, then I go, okay, yeah. And it was just, it's tough. It's like watching someone do the weather for the first time on a weather broadcast, <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, one was fl- and one was flat. One was always the, if you ever look close at Nick Arcade, uh, Find Arounds, they all look the same. One is always a stairwell kind of thing with a, with a step, and it's a oh, two-story. Yeah. One is a flat plane, mm-hmm. which is why you see them on like a magic carpet, and they go down or they jump up. Yeah. So that's what you're saying. Is like, it's always like the first round always fits this kind of format. Yeah, okay. And then the third one's always the wizard level, and that's that two-story with the hidden ladder. Yeah, like the two levels. That's right. And just, yeah, okay. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Because I know someone's be like, oh, you're in the middle of a food fight. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, the it food fight kind of is, is level two. 
boils down to the same right yeah yeah or it's the sand or it's the sand uh castle thing that weird with all the zap lights yeah interesting i'm learning yeah, a lot give me, yeah when you watch a lot of game shows that just becomes yes. boring knowledge is they're this all the same I, it's just a different aesthetic exactly wow yeah <laughs> one so, is a so, one is a like a, st- a stairs with a second floor one is a flat plane the third one is the two where they both merge together and they have to beat the wizard Hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Because then, so one player plays one, one player plays two, and then the two of them get together for the third one. Yes, and it's all the same okay, rules. That, yeah. Get the three orbs, and there's one superpower. That's one thing. Is like I've recently went back and watched Nick Arcade, and not to be Mister Cynical, but I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I, I think, think Phil Moore's was... a great host, though. Phil Moore is. He, oh, talk about someone doing their best. Yes, doing their best, ad libbing the songs on the little ten second walkovers and stuff. Gonna we are going to play put a some video challenge right in now. the bank. <laughs> All right. Love it. Oh, yeah. Very good. I just um, one thing I think Nick Arcade has on Starcade, though, is that Starcade just kind of feels a little bit the same throughout. And there's no nice like escalation to the end game. You know what I mean? There's no nice grand finale, final jeopardy, Nick Arcade, like hidden temple, like big. Just like, OK, we're going to play one more game. Yeah. Now it's over. You know, it's it's, it's a bit of a like, kind I mean, of a we already did video power. If you want to bring in video power into this, too, you can. That's the, I mean, that, OK, that one is basically supermarket sweep, only it's just video games and you're wearing Velcro. Am I remembering yes, that correctly? Super, <laughs> and that's what made it so fucking cool. It's such a great finale. Oh, if I could have been on one show as a kid, video power in a heartbeat would have been the one like that's just the dream, you know, like, oh, my God, just sticking Sega games to your head. And, run, and then run. at the end, they look through everything you bought. WrestleMania. That's right. Woo. They do a little unboxing video at the end. And yeah. because you found the secret prize, you found Sonic the Hedgehog, you won yourself a Sega Genesis. I was just going to ask that. That's, I know somehow you could, was it like a big, were there big prizes? That it's like the supermarket sweep bonus. You have to run out of there with a giant Sonic the Hedgehog. Is it kind of no, like that? What or? happened was on in Video Power, one of the games already said to you in the beginning of the 40 sec, 40 second run is the game they're telling you. Johnny Arcade's like, okay, if you find a loaded baseball, you will win the bonus prize. Oh, okay, okay. But there so is it was like a little big bit... bonus items there. There is like a, but I think they just go, they do the Toys R Us thing where you grab the tag. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but there's also there's also a duffel bag, and then in the final one, the Friday finale is when there's the bike. Mm. And then the winners of the four Friday finales go on to the big tournament champions for the college scholarship. Oh man, what a what a lame ending! Give me the video games, man. Ten thousand dollars is still ten thousand dollars. Yeah, no, that's pretty for a video rad. game. <laughs> yeah, for being really good um, at Battle Toads, I mean. Yeah. For, so we're talking uh, I, like I, arcade game. Where this is like before we could even have portable. Well, I mean, like I guess Atari and Coleco, but yeah, yeah. But not for, yeah. But Starkey was the very first, and it was very dry in its presentation, and it was scoring based. I mean, Nick Arcade's mm-hmm. trivia. Basically, it's you go up, down, left, or right, and then it's either points, puzzles, pop quizzes, or prizes. That's right. I and tell me if it. I'm misremembering this about Nick Arcade. I feel like sometimes they would sort of, you know, uh, so the kid would play Sonic the Hedgehog, and it's like, okay, can you get 2,000 points? And I was like, I've never thought about points in Sonic the Hedgehog in my life. I know they're in there, but it just seemed like the the goals didn't always like line up with the game super well where it's like why should shouldn't it be like get 25 rings or something they did no it that was it or, was or a I... ring, it was rings based in the mm. original though actually so they, they did played do it. only they played sonic the hedgehog i believe three times the first mm-hmm. time was points based 
The other two times was rings based, and then they had the uh-huh. beta of Sonic the Hedgehog two. Oh, that's very interesting. Uh, they had the beta version of it because they because at the time when it was going to come out was right around the time of Christmas. So, mm. hey kids, <laughs> yeah, that's smart. I mean, it's uh, maybe I had just seen that score one and that was enough. I would just, I, I apparently just stayed outraged for the rest of my life and never watched to see him <laughs> circle well, back and switch it to rings. That's my apology for. <laughs> but every ring is a hundred points, and every enemy knocked out is a hundred points. So it's like yeah. I could see where they were going at with that. Sure. Yeah. But then um, they could have, if it was a bigger platform, they could have used it to like really debut games, you know, like the Sonic 2 thing. That's pretty clever. They, uh, then, uh, I mean, every actually all three of these, all three of these have brought in a game as a featured thing for here. Oh, because like Dragon's Lair. Yeah, yeah. And the Star, in the Star Wars cabinet, I believe, too. Oh, debut yeah. on Star Arcade. Nick Arcade cool was Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and I believe... Um, uh, Act Razor. I was. I know. I made that as a joke. But I think Act Razor made its debut yeah. there. Uh, okay. And then in in Video Power was Double Dragon Three. Oh, okay, okay. Can I ask you something now? Because I know you'll probably know the answer about Video Power. Are you pretty? Uh, well, I have two questions about Video Power. Where does a guy watch Video Power uh, easily these days? Is there a? <laughs> you can barely find it. Trust me. I look. Right? Oh. I try to look all over the world. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I po- I've done some light poking. I thought maybe you'd have. Uh, yeah, dang. Your um, places you're finding like Tubi TV doesn't have it. It's really yeah. just YouTube and Daily Motion, and it's like those yeah. four episodes. Okay. Uh, it's, I, no. it's because at the time it was a syndicated show that was mostly in New York and then like Fox affiliates over here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know where it was in Arizona, but it was. It, it. It, well, I grew, like, I grew up in Michigan and somehow we had it and I don't even know, you know, it, what, who it would have been or not. But yeah, somehow I remember seeing, I remember. It, no, so it let me ask you this. Syndicated show. It was supposed to be oh, teamed okay. up. It, uh, Video Power is a syndicated show. Same with uh, Starcade and it's later in. Okay. So it was just in other 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 channels had it in different regions and whatnot. Yeah, so you probably um, saw it because pro- some people wanted to pair it up with Saturday morning cartoons. So it's yeah, you know after yeah, an all new GI Joe, stay for tuned sure. for video yep. power. Yep. Stay after so an I, all new um, Care Bears or Muppet Babies. Oh hell yeah, that stuff's so weird. Like to me, for the longest time, the Muppets seemed like like oh that's the giant Muppet Baby show, or do you know what I mean? Because I knew yeah, the Muppet Baby shows. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like, I don't want to watch it. It has baby in it. I'm an adult now. Yeah. I'm 12. Um, <laughs> I, um, so in Video Power, one of the only things I remember, I mean, obviously the the, the, the Velcro games sticking to your, and you know, that, that, that's and pizza hard points. to shake. But, oh, there's pizza points? Oh, I got to find this show. Now, did it start with like people? I just remember people like asking the host questions, Mr. Oh, yeah. Mr. John, Jonathan Johnny Arcade. Because first it was a cartoon series and it became a news oh. magazine. And then Whoa. in the introduction sequence to get to know the contestants they did a thing called stump called johnny on the spot where they would ask ah, the question perfect. johnny arcade and it was already pre-written down because that's what i remember pre-written. it was like these awkward like i have a question in double dragon three how do you defeat the boss in the second well, world you see you gotta get the <laughs> explosive packages and contra if you can grab the ballistic missiles in the robot you can fu- <laughs> that was your introduction sequence so then you got four yes. players and then they would play a game and it was, I think, a minute one second or a minute two seconds. And then the two would scored the highest uh, would stay on the game. And then they would do a trivia round where it was <laughs> like different questions like, what's this game from? What's this screenshot from? What's this song from? In this game, what do you do with this? Mm-hmm. And you would get points. And then one's a bonus game for a prize. 
and then they would go back and it would be played for, I believe, like a game breaking like 80 points or something. So it really the trivia round made no sense. Oh, just one of those things where it leads up to like, oh, also then just whoever gets this one is going to win. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, so then they would play the game again with the highest score getting the bonus points, and then the winner goes on to run around in the, in in the, the thing. bootleg babbages. Oh, yes. That's great. I want to watch that. I just want to really track down someone playing the end. It's like a little bit, as a kid, I remember watching that, I had, had the same feelings as Supermarket Sweep, where like, this oh, is great, but episode. just get to the I, sweep. I just want to see the sweep, you know? Oh, I'll send you an episode of the sweep when we're done here. I will send you a sweep episode. It, there's oh, no, episodes see, this, there. It's like, like four episodes, though. It's not that I'm, many. On Oh, on Video Power, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I liked that. I would like that. Uh-huh. And the, the prizes, on the other hand, though, like, it's it's J, it's Genesis, it's Bikes. Here mm-hmm. it's an arcade cabinet, so that's like, yeah, that would that, that's kind of cool to get that. I'd like one more thing on video power. What an interesting idea where the introduction segment. Most times it's Alex Trebek asking the person on Jeopardy about themselves. So it's like getting to know your segment and just the, the, the contestants asking the host questions. That's quite a it's quite a take on it. Yeah, it was like, oh, I heard here you had a fancy dinner with a uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, Alex. One time I went to Olive Garden. And I saw former Governor Jerry Brown. Oh, fantastic. Anyway, you have control of the board. Thanks, Alex. I'll take crossword clues Y for 400. Uh, Starcade is, it didn't, it, despite it, it being a, a cult phenomenon, it only lasted about 100 episodes. Uh, when it ended in TBS, uh, reruns would air in syndication for the later part of the later part of the 80s. Uh, then, of course, it would fizzle out into obscurity until being brought back through G4. If if you remember the G4 channel, kids love that G4 network, uh, the all games network uh, extended into G4, the video game channel. And then later it had a uh, 24-hour marathon through Twitch which people uh, got probably the first time. A lot of these people got to see Starcade for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason of that was because Shout Factory got the rights to Starcade and they're trying to see if they can reboot the show in some regard. Ah, I was going to bring that up at some point that it's like, you know, obviously it, the court, you know, there's not much of an arcade industry anymore, certainly compared to what that its heyday was, but there's probably a way to reboot that still and, and figure out. Oh yeah, that's uh, oh, actually that's the that end work. part of the show. Right before we get to the lightning round, is if we can reboot the show, how can? Yeah. But before we get to that, I just want to get address two other things. So we got we talked about the arcade. We talked about mm-hmm. the five cabinets, the game format, the contestants. Video Power had that weird it like if we look at each of these video game game shows, Video mm-hmm. Power had that weird like has a weird industrial look with like steel cages and, and like <laughs> wires sticking out protruding everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. Video uh, uh, Nick Arcade uh, was more LED lights. It was like light switches. And then you had that weird, uh, like, you're going in the machine double door look. Yeah. yeah. With, uh, with Starcade, it's the only game show that I think the aesthetic was trying to go for an arcade look. The carpet that, yeah, was you're... like a flat, plain carpet that you would see at mm-hmm. an arcade. Mm-hmm. The Definitely, tube of lights yeah. in the background. And then, of course, because it's still a cheap uh, show, you saw a little star wipes on the background wall. Oh, and you, I, I love that. Or just like when the when the image first comes in and the image kind of is zooming in and getting flipped around. It's just yeah, yes. early, 
Early video effects are, are early video effects, star wonderful. wipes everywhere, and then the wonderful. only real cool thing that I think, which I think is the quote unquote iconic part of the set, is this LED like this neon sign that says Starcade right behind the contestants. Yeah, yeah, it's a real nice sign. <laughs> and, and the and and to repeat, the ten can showcase showdown uh, showcase podiums. The, yeah. the, ten, the two cylinders, just all just sleek silver. Everything. Then there's no design. It's just this silver and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I just want to say I, yeah. I love that aesthetic because it, it reminds me of like oh, once again of Supermarket Sweep, where it's if you're trying to have the premise be a location of some kind, yeah. they nailed it. Supermarket sweep yeah. looks like a supermarket. Starcade yes. looks like an arcade. Yes. I'm uh, so pumped not to get on a tangent, but that there's a bunch of supermarket sweep on Amazon Prime Video right now. Oh yeah, it's been the watching 2000s recently. episodes. And it's great. You know what would have made that show great? Just if if I can just jump onto a different show real quick. Of uh, course, uh, one this is your would, episode. One, Go through everything. One thing I would change on a reboot. How great would it be is if while the show was happening in the beginning, they're asking questions. If you just saw people poking around shopping in the background. <laughs> Well, in the, uh, <laughs> they'd be like in the way when they were doing the sweep. That's what I I want it to be more of a living supermarket. Well, in the original pilot, uh, in the first season episodes, they had uh, put they had people shopping, but they were in costumes, and one was called oh. Mister Yuck. No, <laughs> not to be confused wonderful. with stickers. Not to be confused with stickers. <laughs> no, okay. I know wow. your your thought is, and it's just if you see a monster, you had to turn the other way if you're shopping cart. So it's like a maze. Yes. Yes. Uh, and in the introduction sequences to supermarket sweep in the uk they make it out to look like a supermarket so you see people like looking at like canned food or mm-hmm. looking or grabbing stuff from the shelves and putting it in the basket mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah they do <laughs> make it look smart. like a living supermarket in That's some fantastic. regards but then they just went it. screw it people just want to run around the aisle of a shopping cart have <laughs> yeah yeah and that, i get that too i maybe it's just the grass is always greener thing because then maybe if they could run with less reckless like yeah <laughs> no but that's funny i just like the idea of just like you still get like <laughs> you get david ruprecht to still host the show and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. in the background is just some guy like grabbing some apples <laughs> and putting mm-hmm. it in a bag and twisting it <laughs> what um do you think uh what happened to all that all the groceries on supermarket sweep were oh, they like uh, some eventually were props. shipped off real grocery stores some were props so they were like foam rubber Okay. Uh, others uh, were past their expiration date, and then everything um, else would get, get donated to a f- local food bank. Well, that's cool. That's cool. So that's the, a really that's a really uh, that's a very that's a good answer. I thought you were going to say they were all foam, and I was just like, why did I just ask him that? Now that show's ruined for me. But that's that's good. right. <laughs> <It's> good <to laughs> <know>. <laughs> I hate to break your bubble, but the giant RC cola bottle—that's right. oh. not real. <laughs> right? No, that was an inflatable Jolly Green Giant. No. No. <laughs> Wait till I break your bubble. There was no real studio audience there. Oh my god, that was I guess all that's true. Piped in, just yeah. like in wrestling. Right. There's that thing where they are all sitting there, and it's like whoever has the bounty paper towels, you're the next contestant. Yeah, like no, that they are all already contestants. So they yeah, eventually all those people got up to play. Is that is that what you're telling me? Pretty much in one regard, yeah. or they were just friends of of yeah, friends or something. They need someone to come out, run out, and hug them at the end. Yeah, and then wait. after everyone runs down, it's time to play Supermarket Sweep. Okay, that's it. Move that <laughs> station out. Because where else? Because if you've watched Supermarket Sweep episodes, where's the audience? 
I've never thought about that. But as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, because I know I'm always hearing them. <laughs> Where's the audience? You don't see them. One side is the cashiers. One side yes. is sodas. One side is the bread section slash magazine slash grocery right. produce. And then yeah, our then back section the corner. is yeah. chips. Yeah. Damn. Right. Join me for Sorry, the next we're, deep dive. We're getting off like subject so much, but I just want to bring up game shows and see what you know. <laughs> see what you can tell me. What else do you want to know? Uh, the aisles, it, it was originally sodas in the left section, produce in the right. Uh, the grocery list items were originally like, well, like three bananas, two apples, three oranges. And that's why mm-hmm. I was there and would later d- dissolve into things like the bread center. Yeah. There was the blue star, whatever it was, where the cans would have yeah, the stars the on them. special. And manager then, special. And you would, and it would buzz within the first, with the last minute remaining in, in the clock. So you're like, hey... Attention all oh, shoppers, yeah. I'm right. looking okay. for a mm-hmm. spam turkey. Yes. Oh, and then there was some point where there was the screens all over that you'd hit it and get yes. one word clues, and then they would add up to the secret thing, yes. the secret yeah. item. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one was a button they had to push, one was a touch screen. I think now, the button had to come like... in la- later because the touch screen ate up a yeah. lot of time for the contestants. Because mm-hmm. that little animation, that little shopping cart has to lean back and then dash forward and then There's show a, the yeah. screen. There's a whole little animation. That's funny. Okay, oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. This isn't. No, keep Super going. Keep, keep going. This is your episode. <laughs> just, why? Why is Supermarket Sweep so like you know like these video game shows? I'm like, oh yeah, I like video games a lot. So there's an overlap there. But like everyone just loves Supermarket Sweep, right? That's just like a universal human thing. You have no idea how many people want to do Supermarket Sweep now. <laughs> like yeah. if I say, hey, you want to go to my game show yes. podcast? That's, Can you do Supermarket Sweep? Yeah. No one said Wheel of Fortune yet. No one said like no one says Family Feud. No one right, these says staples. like yes. shows that are currently airing. Yeah. Do you know Super what though? I will change yours real quick. As as a lifelong huge game show fan, I'm so happy with like the fam- Family Feud's like almost as good as it's ever been right now. Is that is that blasphemy? I don't know. But no, like, it's not. In fact, uh, Steve Harvey's so, Feud. Uh, so Steve Harvey's funny. Feud is actually he's now the longest reigning host of Feud. Longer Ooh, than I Richard didn't know Dawson. That. And in my head, these people are, are just titans. These to Richard Dawson's. Dawson are like, wow, that's great. That is great. The ratings and are equal to Dawson's era. That's amazing. That's good news. And I know, like, I've watched a more recent one recently. Like, they're they're almost at this point leaning into it a little too much for me. Like, you're starting to see some funny answers come up as like the survey answers. Name like, something you know what I mean? Like, measures by the inch. Exactly. They're leaning into it. Just be like, they're asking, like, don't try to make them say weird stuff. It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen organically with nervous people on game shows. You know, like, I'm a little worried about them trying to, like, bottle the lightning. But it's, well, it's well, you know why? You know why, though, right? Just because it's going viral. Is that it? All these clips because viral success of Family Feud. But also the reason is because the original surveys, because Family Feud's bought off from Match Game. Okay, yeah. That, and that Match Game, sense. as you know, is all about double entendres. Very suggestive. Yeah, because it's almost like, yeah, that's a good point. Because on the on the new ones, like sometimes it's like, it's not like name an item you leave behind or something. You know, it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's like a punchline. It's like a setup punchline thing where it's just like, oh, you know, uh, the, the, the original baseball coach really had trouble holding all the players what? And it's like, uh, balls. And then it's like 80 people says like, oh, you're just telling jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> you know? it. Because so, the yeah. original match game before it was like, dumb Dora is so dumb, was right. Family Feud surveys. It was name something you put with your cereal. Mm-hmm. And you would have to match mm-hmm. a celebrity, just one. Like your mm-hmm. partner was the celebrity. Okay. And that was so boring because they could never really get a match. Then right, it got retooled so into match of a, a group of six celebrities, and then the and then because they got a Mad Magazine writer, 
to write from the prompts. It became something like, I like it when my wife puts gravy on my blank. Right. Right. And that becomes wacky. Uh, Because of Richard Dawson being so good at the super match bonus round, we surveyed 100 people in the audience not too long ago, gave their best response to this. Um, Happy blank. So that did directly lead into him getting the feud. Correct. And that's why the prompts would later be what old school match game questions name something you put in your cereal. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you were a place you go on a first date, something like that. Interesting. And, it makes and, perfect sense. I just I have never realized that. That's amazing. So the hundred people surveyed. That's why it's Dawson's game because he. That's why he got casted. He's an expert mm-hmm. in it. It spawned mm-hmm. from the original old match game, not the comedy match game that we know and love to this day. Of course. Uh, and the cor- and then it just scattered throughout the decades. There's one from the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, two thousands to modern day Steve Harvey. The questions mm-hmm. that became with Steve Harvey's Family Feud are more pertaining to what Steve Harvey's comedy is. Because a lot of his stand-up is dating, relationships, family. Yeah. That's why you're seeing a lot more edgier, quote-unquote, edgier questions that lead into them going, Penis, Steve! Yeah. Bart, Steve! (laughs) Balls, Steve! There's these questions that are just like, there's no good answer. It's like, name something you would change about your wife. It's like, how do you, like, what are you supposed to say that's not going to make you look like a monster right now? And that's the idea. They want to have that because then you get that 30 seconds of Steve Harvey yeah. like roasting you. I do like it though. Like Which Steve is what Harvey, people want to see. They want to see him course, roast the yeah. contestants. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so funny and when it's so well-deserved and it's so – it's. I like Steve Harvey. Uh, verbally, he's very, very good. But I just like his faces. Like he's doing a lot, but he's not being like over the top. He, or, or, like maybe he is to an extent, but you know what I mean? Like he's being like uh, – like, Sometimes they give bad answers. Like, I mean he's uh, just like – He's he's he knows when to let the camera just hold on his sad face for a while. My favorite like, one is still uh, fill know. in the blank oh. pork, and then he said cupine, <laughs> and Steve just looks at the camera cupine. Yeah, <laughs> porcupine. <laughs> Love it. And he's just like giving like looks to the audience, to like the crew. Like, do we actually go with this as an answer? Or right, is this gonna make the broadcast? Are we? <laughs> I mean, that yeah. happens with the Alec Baldwin match game. Someone full blown said, uh, "Come on air," and Alec Baldwin actually had to stop recording. They didn't stop tape. He just walked off stage. <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay, we're good now. <laughs> we cannot go any lower than this. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I'm going to, okay, I'll bring, I'll, I'll, I'll bring us back to Starcade with this too. But you know, some of the Starcades had little like, I think, what they call it? Like, it's like their news briefs. I forget what the they call it, but it was like the hotline. They, I almost said that. I was like, no, that's the phone number. But the, yeah, the 1-800 it, is still the hotline, was, but the hotline is also the tip line. This week's thing. So there was one, it was obviously, in, you know, we were speaking of how there was probably a lot of product placement to, to thank for this wonderful show. I don't know if you, I never knew about this at all, but it was like, clearly it didn't take off, but it was this, this kind of quote unquote breaking news, clearly an ad for Coca-Cola, but for this new vending machine that was coming out that had a video game display on it while you got a Coke. Did, did you know about this at all? It yeah, looks like I've a little, that. Uh, it's like, it looks like a tiger electronic handheld game, you know, just kind of like a little crappy black sprites kind of going yeah, in one like of four a, like places. Like a game and watch of the era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like you're this little guy and like there a monkey is throwing coke cans out of a tree and then you try to run around and catch him and it's like okay that seems fine but then the other game on it it was sort of like one of these um, it was like a slot machine and you tried to stop it but it was letters so you try to spell out coke 
And then uh, I, the first thing I thought was like, oh, I wonder if you can make us say cock. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> those are all the letters that are spinning. And then whoever's playing it on the little demo on the ad while they're doing the voiceover accidentally or like, you know, just they lose, but they have it say C-O-K-C. So it, it like they almost spelled cock right on TV. So like there's no it's like that fuck man thing with Pac-Man. Like there's just no way that it, <laughs> that, it that it went well for him. You know? <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. Uh <laughs> And, and now to segue back to the modern Starcade, should the show be rebooted? Yeah. If so, how? I think so. I, I mean, I think uh, I, I, you know, as we were just talking about, like, here's Family Feud. After what uh, some, my, myself included, might describe as a bit of a lull, kind of trying to find a host, and, and nothing really quite clicked for it. But boom, they found it. Now we're off to the races. I think that's certainly possible with Starcade. I think. Um, I mean, it might be a cool way. As as a as a video game player right now, but also a man who sadly in his thirties and has a, you know uh, obligations that take away uh, uh, from how much time I could spend playing video games, it, it would be a nice thing to kind of showcase a lot of like indie titles and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because there's so much out there right now that I think there's probably a way to do it well. I, I think the you know you, you you wouldn't want it to just be like payola for crappy indie games or anything. Hey, you know what I mean? you're in luck because you're talking to Jordan, the guy who can format everything at this point and reboot it. <laughs> Yeah, okay, you have some ideas? You have some Here thoughts? You go. First of all, the network cannot be broadcast anymore. I think we have it's long ago that networks just can't do games. Video games yeah. are now all online. You have Twitch, you have YouTube, you have all those. I mean, here we are talking about Starcade largely because of what Twitch has done for it in the modern era. So like, why not, right? So I would say it, it broadcast to be Twitch. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's going to be same thing. It's two contestants matching by gaming skill. Mhm. And there's five games. Now, these games are not point-based games. I mean, some could be. It's anything in this in this world of games. So it's indie games, it's modern games, AAA games, you name it. Mm-hmm. But this time oh. around, we're not playing in a points-based structure like the original Starcade. Uh-huh. We're now going by a time trial format. Mm-hmm. So you pick a, you get a question, and then you get your choose of the five games. Then you're given a task, such as defeat this boss, or uh, defeat World 1-1 in Super Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. or uh, collect the key in, in this game. Something that's a simple that takes about a minute to two minutes to complete. Uh, and then it's all played by time. So whoever that's, has the fastest good. time combined in two games gets to play Name the Game. And that I think price, that's a great idea because... To watch someone play Miss Pac-Man for a minute and they're average or okay at it, that's not that exciting. But like we are in an era where people are watching speed runs and stuff like that. So that would be that's like where my a, head was at. Speed yeah, running. Yeah, so yeah. if if it's instead of get the most points in fifty seconds, it's you gotta get three thousand points in Miss Pac-Man. Whoever has it, we stop the clock after you get three thousand. Mm-hmm. Then it's like yeah. okay, well, it could take twenty seconds for the guy. It could take a full minute. One thing I'd like to see, I don't know if you've thought about this, but like you said, you got me thinking when you said, you know, it could be a triple A, it could be indie, it could be anything. I'd like to see everything up to, you know, even old retro stuff in there. And there's just like a bank of a hundred games or whatever it might be. I'd like to see a big wheel get spun. I don't know if that's something you've, you could you've do a big about. wheel. I mean, I would like to see a big wheel. I'm like, oh, is it going to be, you know, is it, is it, is it going to be, uh, uh, you know, Defender or is it going to be Grand Theft Auto Vice City or something? You know what I mean? Like, that would be I a mean, fun... considering Twitch streamers have the big wheel already, I mean, go for it. Yeah. We got the big wheel. It's a, it's a, 
of game show. And then we're back at the roots of game shows too. We were paying. So some then you do game. the name the game round, and it's three out of four. You get one. I think three out of four gets you like a television. Four out of four gets you the television and a game console. So PlayStation Four, an Xbox One, a Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Then we go back yep. to the third and final game. One final question. And this time around, the third game is actually considered a little tougher. It's going to be something that's going to be a little more challenging. This is actually going to be like Beat Bowser in Mario 64. This is actually going to be something that might take two to three minutes to complete. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then it ends with whoever has the, you know, once again, the fastest combined time of all three Mm -hmm. goes into the bonus round where it's the two final games, just like in Starcade. And you have to beat that one thing on an average time limit to win the grand prize, which I'm just throwing it out there because it, it's obviously modern. The the gaming rig, that $4,000 gaming right, yes. rig that you hear about yeah. all the time. That's probably, I was wondering where you, what you were going to say, and that was the one I had come up with off the top of my head. I was like, so yeah. You have the, and you have that double monitor, the 42 mm-hmm. inch, all that. Speakers, a gaming the chair bass boost. Yeah. Oh, and can I make, a, can hosting, I make an offer? I, I just wrote Todd Newton because he's a game <laughs> show host. He has familiarity with game shows, yeah. and it's clear yeah. to me he probably doesn't has never played a video game in his life. So I would love yeah. to see him try and do this. Definitely, and we're not we're not really generating new um, career game show hosts. We're just giving them to like your Alec Baldwin's and Jane Lynch's and and people who are established, and that's fine. You know what I mean? But it's just like I would like to see. We should, I, I, I'm sad I that we don't Todd have that Newton. stable of game show hosts like we used we to. We need you know? a game show host who's a real game show host to host this. Yep. If we can get exactly. Wink Martindale like a, to do this. Right. We, we talk, people talk about comedians, comedians. We need a like, game show host, game show host. <laughs> I can't be me. I'm like a mixed bag. I'm both. You have the as good a credentials as anyone, I'm sure, in this era, right? Like, yes. You, you know, I'm, stuff. I, I'm, fu- I'm, a, I, I'm a comedy writer, I, and I talk about game shows. And would I you, guess I have a game show name? mentality. Because the presentation wise, you've got a pretty good game show host name too. You know, it's Jordan. Huh? Yeah, I think that would work. It's not tricky, or you know, it's all pretty like yeah, yeah. It's usually a one syllable, two syllable name though. Like yeah, so I've actually really Mark Roebuck, Wink Mark Mark Roebuck, Alex Trebek. But I think as long as both are within two, I think you're okay. Like Alex Trebek, Pat. Yeah, three a three syllable, unless you're Marnell. Wink Martindale. Yeah, Martindale really yeah. is is the exception that proves the real the the rule, isn't he? <laughs> uh, so that's hey, why I, mean, I, I wrote so... Todd Newton's name in this, and that's my, what I would do if I rebooted. That was on Twitch, so that means if someone royally tanks the game, there's this even more excitement that comes with totally. people in the chat going, "Are you kidding me? Yes, yes <laughs> Are exactly. Are you kidding that's, me yeah, right now?" And that's the way to update it too. Also, just like that's where gaming's at now is the more of the back and forth with the audience and the, and the people you're playing with. It really so, is. You just and then they're just shouting out like, "The game was simply to steal the police car. That's it in Grand Theft Auto Three. Steal a police car." <laughs> well, you didn't beat the challenge, but you made forty eight dollars during that. <laughs> hey, okay. Well, you don't get any money for the points, but. <laughs> <laughs> I would like it if you could win grand prizes the gaming rig. If you don't get that, you get a PS4 or a Switch, and then it's the consolation prize. That's the actually what I wrote down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're I actually that said pun, a, I do a apologize. console. So <laughs> form 3DS. Guess, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, and also I mean, the that's just, right there. that's just that's just you know someone's gonna hit that one. <laughs> and that's how it. <laughs> 
So yeah, uh, I think that's a I think that's a solid. You 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 really convinced me. That's a really solid idea for. Uh, I, I, for I, I'm I'm good at pitching the live action formats in older episodes. Solid. I've already pitched Video Power. So next uh, is Nick yeah. Arcade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and plus because it's five different arcade games, uh, that means you can now do fighting games. That means you can do actual different challenges that are like that just simply cool. like as Scorpion defeat Sub Zero in one round. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That would be cool. And it's as the lowly Detroit Lions win a game in NFL Blitz. <laughs> the Blitz. <laughs> Fumble a ball. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting too if you, you made oddball ones like that. You know. Well, that's the idea. Like, because then everyone can assume, like, well, I know what Mario is going to be. Mario is going to be complete this stage. Yeah. Well, nope. You have to get all the eight red coins and. <laughs> yeah. Or like I was just I saw a guy who was uh, you know like like trying to get through Mario without getting coins and stuff. So you could do fun stuff like like get through this with the lowest possible score or so you know. Exactly, and that's and that's and that sparked my mind because then it's like, well, if that's the rule, then you can expand upon that, and then you can have fan suggestions because this yes. is Twitch now. Bring in mm -hmm. your challenges. Mm -hmm. I know there's already one called the Arcade Pit right now uh, that's similar. But it's not really Starcade because that's kind of like a mix of Nick Arcade with Starcade with a bit mm -hmm. of, of video power. Mm -hmm. uh, but if we're doing full on, here's a Starcade reboot. It's going to be the speedrunning style of you got to get this yeah. in the fastest time. You know, it can be fun too. The way you know you'll see like a Celebrity Jeopardy or Family Feud is if you did actually like here are the two two of the big titans in the speedrunning of this game. Let's have yeah. them go head to head on uh, more extended like you know what's a game that people hit around fifteen or twenty minutes. That could be an interesting kind and, of. And uh, that's your bonus episodes because Starcade Two does these gimmick episodes too. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Because if they did a whole episode about Star Wars and a whole episode about Dragon Slayer, of yeah. course you can have two of the best play, and then you can even have a celebrity edition. I mean, that's that not cool. out of the bag either. No, no, just, certainly not these days. No, no, no. You get iced tea on there. <laughs> so, have any other questions about the world of games before we get to that big old lightning round? Nope, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You, you keep saying lightning round, and, and the game show fan in me is enthused to get to it. <laughs> All right, well, here it is. As you can hear, you can hear this, right? You can hear it in my microphone. Yeah. I hear cards being arranged. Yep, that's five questions. I have oh. five questions. You have 60 seconds to answer. Whoa. Uh, all you need to do is answer each question correctly. Okay. For everyone you get right, you get one plug. That means you get oh. five free plugs. That means more than any other podcast. Most podcasts only give you two. You win five. Okay. This is brilliant. Uh. All right. Do you want to play? I'd like to pass. No, okay, you're gonna go for it. <laughs> <laughs> the pass or play in Family Feud. What are the what's the ratio to what's the percentage of people saying pass? By the way, all time. Uh, if I had to really guess, that's about ninety five percent play on <laughs> by pass. No, they really. I'm, I'm just amazed because is that in the game presently? I know they phased it out at least for a while. They do. No, you can still play it. Are they, they're asking just. I just feel like I've never. I, I'm sure it's happened. I've just. I just don't know how many times I've ever seen someone like we want to pass. Everyone's always so excited. But okay, because because the strategy of passing is then you just have to get the one to steal the points. 
it's almost like a very specific thing you're rooting for. It's like, no, no, no. What I think will happen is they will not get it, and then we will be able to get it. But if you thought you'd be able to get good answers, it's like you almost are banking on your ability to get one weird one they don't know as opposed to just answering them across the board, which just seems very oddly specific to me. All right. I, I apologize. No problem. Are you ready to play? Yes, let's play. I'm into it. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. The arcade cabinet you'd most want to win. Point Blank by Namco. What is a, besides Super Mario Bros. Super Show, name any video game cartoon? Uh, Captain N and the Game Master. If you could call one WWE superstar, who would it be? If I could call them? Yes. Oh, man. Um, um, uh, <laughs> uh, Sergeant Slaughter, because then we could record it and put it on our podcast. All right. Number four, an ice cream you got in an ice cream truck. Uh, the, the, the Mario ice cream pop that looked like Mario. Was Mr. Disc really a good idea for portable music? I, I Yes, in a technical way of uh, it's probably the best portable way to play a, a vinyl record. <laughs> All right, that's it. You did it. You won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me. Like, I, I was trying to get questions right, and then like you asked me what my... I hope I got the favorite arcade cabinet one right. <laughs> All right, you got five plugs. Feel free okay. to go in any order. It doesn't have to be your own things, but it's, it's most likely you should. Definitely. No, Um. Um. let's say, uh, so uh, the Super Mario Bros. Super Show Show is available on all of the major things, iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. You can check us out at Show Show Pod um, on Twitter. Uh, number two will be uh, Hard Drive, the website that my co-host Jeremy and I, as well as a few others, uh, launched as a spinoff of The Hard Times, uh, Hard Drive Mag on Twitter. Uh, we can also find it through the, the, the Hard Times. That is our video game slash nerd culture themed satire site. Uh, let's just keep the ball rolling. Number three, we'll just say the hard times proper, the, the hard times.net, the punk rock satire site that, uh, I started writing for several years ago and has been just one of the coolest things to ever be involved with. And that has led me to all of these lucrative things I have mentioned henceforth that I've gotten to be, uh, involved with. And so the hard times fourth one will also be, uh, because our, our podcast, the Mario super show show, why am I speaking so fast? Is this the different lightning? No, round? you don't have to. You have to <laughs> I really, I, I'm expecting a buzzer. Does, do people do that? <laughs> I'm really <laughs> take a breath here. Jeez, Mark. Um, I mean, I am a big fan of hard drive and hard times. Uh, they ah, do crack me up man. so much. Cause things thank like you, local teenager wants to form punk band. <laughs> yes yes one day with all of his friends um but no so just uh so with alongside the our podcast uh the hard times uh is also launched the hard times podcast um with matt sancombe and bill conway who started the site and those are both part of our um patreon network that we're podcast network that we're starting more shows coming bonus episodes of like our show where maybe we'll watch some disastrous video game movies kind of that that sort of stuff is is you know um coming soon to that platform so check out the hard times podcast and and the patreon network um you know just in this in this era of of uh uh websites being you know uh, digital plat media platforms being like you hear about layoffs and and all this stuff support your small media especially a comedy local comedy circuit too comedy yeah just comedy and then just like people stealing content and all that stuff out there so just you know we're just trying to uh try to keep our lights on and keep our our diy sort of punk uh uh attitude and 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 whatever the hell um, it's the most punk eat, eat shit pitchfork 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, no, and then so <laughs> now you're just this boy. Now everyone from Pitchfork's like, I'm not going on that guy's show. You know, <laughs> there you go. Um, no, so I guess that's five, two podcasts, two websites, one Patreon, all under the umbrella of the hard times. Um, yeah, you should watch. Um, oh, I got one more thing I'd like to plug. Sugar, right? Uh, you got a bonus. That that's six. Know. I got a bonus. I've, I've declared myself a bonus, but this is uh, less self-serving. On um, the uh, on the we were talking about Tubi, which is a great place to watch uh, Starcade and stuff. There's also Pluto TV. Have you watched that at all? Oh, yes, Pluto TV has uh, Wipeout episodes. Also has Buzzer. Yeah. If you are Buzzer's what I was going to say. Buzzer is now on Pluto. Yes, there's a Blizzard channel, which is great. So I'm sure you know this already, but like a handful of stuff have made it to Amazon Prime in little 20 episode collections as little like, oh, brought to you by, right? I think that's in cahoots yes, with Buzzard somehow. You can watch Strike but, It Rich. Right. But then there's stuff on that Pluto TV channel that I don't think was packaged into the Amazon Prime no. bundle. Like there's Body even, Language, for instance. Body Language. And the, I keep mentioning Classic Concentration, but that was a big childhood favorite. So I was excited to see that on there. So for the game show fans that are listening to this, I would, I would recommend checking out that Buzzer channel on Pluto TV. Or your local listings. It's pretty sure it's on like your like a thirteen or. <laughs> yes, yes. I watch it. It's it's a free Roku channel. Is how it I is watch it. It's a free it Roku my... channel. It's also on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Buzzer. Oh, cool, 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 cool. I will check that out. Um, and then yeah, then I know Tubi is it a similar one too. Like where's that? I think there's like is that all the Starcade episodes that is, on, on Tubi? I think that's all the Starcade episodes. Believe it or not, I got to double check though, but. Mm-hmm. I like Tubi, man. I wrote them an email because I was bummed out. I was watching a movie on there and the commercial break was at a horrible spot. And uh, I sent them an email. I was like, you guys should hire me to tell you when it would be good times to put the breaks into movies so they don't interrupt action sequences. And then they wrote back, uh, well, uh, that's not really a job, but thanks for liking Tubi. And then they uh, took my address from me. So they're either going to send me some merchandise, which is what they told me, or they're going to kill me. Either way, I wanted to be on record. <laughs> I mean, uh, Tubi has things like MXC on there. I believe that's where I watched I Love Money with Franklin. But yes, mm-hmm. go. Good stuff. Give it a watch. Thank you so much, Mark, for stopping by. You're a big winner today. I, I won. I won. I won. Thank you. This is amazing. <laughs> I've never won a podcast. You never won a podcast before and hope all your problems get zapped. <laughs> There isn't a whole lot to explain in the closing notes for Starcade. Um, I mean, I already explained that, you know, Jeff Edwards had a Sinistar cabinet. Uh, the other thing I should probably bring up is the show's original theme was an 8-bit melody similar to different arcade games at the time. Uh, halfway through the Richards run, the, the first season, as it were, uh, it was changed to Mind Seed by Ed and Joanne Anderson who were employed by Data East at the time and also composed the music for Venture and Mousetrap for Exidy. Uh, there's also been a few cool episodes, such as ones that was just Cliffhanger and Dragon's Lair, and even the 1983 Star Wars game. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I enjoy the show, and I really enjoy talking about this with Mark. Uh, please check out the Super Mario Brothers Super Show Show, and I hope he continues going on every podcast known to mankind. Because I wish him all the best of luck on that. And now it's time for the 110-part series exploring every pricing game on The Price is Right. This is the Pricing Game Spotlight.
third game. Premiere date, July 4th, Independence Day, 1974, number 0964D. Premiere date carrier, uh, October 18th, 2007, aired out of order, January 2nd, 2008. Finale date Bark Era, May 31st, 2007, doesn't matter. Card game is a pricing game played with a standard deck of 52 playing cards for a brand new car as well as with a special card deck to determine how close they must come to the card's price without going over to win it. Gameplay. The goal of card game is to make a bid on the car that is within a certain range below the actual retail price of the car. First, the contestant draws a card from a special deck of seven cards to determine how close they must come to the card's price without going over. The values on that deck include two card seats of $1,000, $2,000, and $3,000, and one $5,000 card. The contestant is given an opening bid of $15,000 and asked to draw cards from a standard deck of oversized playing cards. The cards drawn are used to increase the contestant's bid. Number of cards Add the vase value multiplied by $100 to the bid. For instance, a 7 is $700, 8 is $800, 3 is $300. While face cards, Jack, Queen, King, like 10s, would each be worth $1,000. Contestants may draw as many cards as they want until they believe that their bid is within the required range for the car. Aces are wild in this game, so if a contestant draws an ace, they can add any value they wish to bid. Contestants are allowed to use an ace when it's drawn or save it for later use. They're also allowed to continue drawing after playing an ace, although the ace can ineffectively make their final bid whatever they want it to be. When they decide to stop, a range is revealed corresponding to both the contestant's bid and the range card selected. The price of the car is revealed, and if it falls within the selected range, he or she wins the car. Card game is undergoing a series of rule changes, mostly because of inflation. From 1974 to 1983, $200 to $1,000 each one, in increments of $100, where is the range? Thus, the maximum starting bid was $1,000. In 1983 to 1993, it was a $2,000 opening bid, with two each of $500 to $1,000 in increments of $100, no limit ace card bets. From 93 to 2001, the opening bid was $8,000, with three each of $500, $1,000, $1,500, and $2,000. 2001 to 2005, the opening bid was ten grand, with the same three of $500, $1,000, $1,500, and $2,000. From 2005 to 2008, the opening bid was $12,000, two each of $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, and and won $5,000. From 2008 to 2012, 2014 to present, 15000 was the opening bid with the current layout that we have now of the seven cards. 1, 1, 2, 2, 3, 3, and 5. Card game was taken up rotation on January 24th, 1975, and temporary return on September 12th, 1975, aired out of order, and was back in rotation permanently November 4th. When the game's rules were changed on March 16th, 1983, the game was retitled New Card Game for approximately a year. In addition, the table revealed a new logo and paint job. On its first appearance, it was covered in a red sheet, and Holly lifted the red sheet to reveal the revamped game. On September 10th, 1984, after the original game was restored, the game was received another new paint job and a new five-digit bid display, allowing it to be played for more expensive cars. On November 19, 2004, the table and display was changed again to include a copper paint job and a logo using a set of cards. 
In the later years of his tenure, former Price is Right host Bob Barker had contestants drawing an ace simply say what they wanted their final bid to be instead of requiring them to come to do the math and come up with a value to add to the bid. Current host Drew Carey has returned to asking contestants to cite a value for drawn aces instead of stating a total bid, though he accepts final bids if a contestant offers one instead of a value to add. Card game wasn't played on February 16, 2012, when it returned with an all-new Vegas-style look. New looks for the special deck and main deck, notably the retirement of the bicycle decks. The new decks have a Welcome to Carries card club on the backs. The design is in the style of the famous Welcome to Las Vegas sign. A new monitor using cards as digits. It was played near contestants' row instead of on center stage for most pricing games. The actual price is also displayed on the display and does not show the difference. In addition, using the card value drawn from the special deck, this determines the range that the price should fall in. Like any pricing game using electronic displays, bonus game, check game, grand game, the green display turns red if it's ruled a loss. And unlike the previous displays, the display does not show over if the player goes over the car's price. Well, thank you, Price is Right Wiggy. On October 13th, 2014, Air Dive on October 14th, and February 20th, 2015, during Dream Car Week and Hashtag You Decide Week, a Range Rover 66625 in a Porsche 68590 were offered with a starting bid of $60,000. Neither of these playings were won. On March 11, 2016, Air Dive April 29th, Melissa Belmontes picked on an ace, and her final bid from the ace was 22000 which barely won the card, which was priced at $22,025. Trivia, the most number of times this game was played on any season was 46 times. Picking the $5,000 range card is almost an automatic win, as most cards are within the $19,000 to $22,000 in price for this game. If the card game is to be the million-dollar game on the Price is Right Million Dollar Spectacular, the contestant will need to come within $100 of the price of the car to win the million-dollar bonus. What I like about card game is it's basically chicken. Uh, yes, there's a range, so you got to come within $1,000, $2,000, $3,000. And what I like about it is the more you draw, the closer you're supposed to get to the car without going over. So there is a little bit of drama with it. So if, imagine, if you will... And I just want to make this simple. What if... The, we'll, we'll throw this out. Imagine none of the hundreds exist. Imagine we're just playing with with the, the face cards and the tens. So you start out with 15,000. Okay, how about 16,000? Want to stop there? Because it's 16,000 and 19,000. Okay, 17,000. 17,000, 20,000. Are we good? Okay, we want to go 18,000. 18,000, 21,000 is now the time. We want to keep going 19,000 to 21,000. Is that the time? It's that, but played with hundreds. So it's always it's more of a game of thousands than it is with hundreds. But I can see people go over by that few hundred bucks, which which is probably something that that has happened many many times on this game. What I like about it is the ace as well, because of that final bid report where you can say uh, five hundred and ninety five dollars, or you can say uh, I'm on my final offer to be twenty two thousand six fifteen, something like that. For, for this game. What I've never figured out with card with, with card game is, what if you go over? So there's no chance for you to get an ace and make your final bid like backtrack to 18,000. So this game is very, very complicated of when to stop. And sometimes you might not stop with an ace, which adds to a layer of drama to the game, which I kind of enjoy. I kind of like the fact that this is played 
on contestants row. Now, if you had never really seen the game on contestants row, uh, basically now what you see when you see card game is you see the car or sometimes the car drive up to contestants row and then you see the card game and then you see the crowd. So you see all of these things and it makes a nice display because now you're seeing the audience keep shouting, go on, go on or stop, stop. And that's all they can really provide you. They can't really tell you what, like, bid five bucks. They can't really tell you anything else. Because it's all basically random based on the shuffle of the deck. Which I enjoy so much when it comes to card game. This is one of the greatest games because it's a simplistic game to tell you. It's just, here's the deck of cards. Multiply by ten. If it's Jack, Queen, King, it's a thousand bucks. All you got to do is get closest to the car without going over, much like any other pricing game here. So there is a bit of pricing game knowledge, what's the price of the car, mixed with a luck-based element with the with the cards, which I feel works on this game a whole lot better than a lot of mainstay game shows that use cards, for instance. This has a nice fun layer to it that makes you rethink uh, values of cards. And I do love the Las Vegas motif of Drew Carey's version over the simplistic egg crate display of Barker's. So whenever this game gets played, I get a little excited because it's, it's a fun little game of chicken, but then it gets also a card game. So that, that's exciting. Um, I really enjoy I really enjoy card game. Uh, I, I just don't know about the range cards, though. I feel like, uh, if, if anything, that needs to be, like... Either if, if anything, throw that away or and just make it like a solid five grand or a four grand or a three grand or make it like a fun little like slot machine mini game of some kind. I don't know. I just feel like the, the five thousand. I feel like the random the random range card deck needs to be explained a little better or displayed a little better. Uh, but that, that's just me. Uh, card game is a really exciting game and I really enjoy watching it on the Price is Right. Join us next time on Pricing Game Spotlight when we will take a look at Race Game. Okay, so we are approaching the end of this episode. Yes, it is very long. I... I provide as much value as i can to talk about game shows anyway so as the time of this recording it's march 19th 2019 which means that mental samurai debuted and i just saw that tonight normally i don't review a game show until its second episode that's because sometimes the first episode has a win and the second episode has a loss but this game is a little bit repetitive so i think i'm allowed to kind of get away with this Mental Samurai is a game show hosted by Rob Lowe. Uh, the pro production team behind American Ninja Warriors behind this and A. Smith and Company. So all you need to know is it's apparently a tournament now. I did not get that from, from the show until tonight. So here's how the game works theoretically. There is a contestant who gets to pilot an Ava. <laughs> well, I, uh, well, Ava is really more of the star of the show. Ava's basically like a folding arm GLaDOS thing that the contestants situate in inside like an orb that can spin around, go back, do like, it's like a tilt-a-whirl machine, basically. It's like a, it's like a glorified tilt-a-whirl machine from space. That is the main set ornament for Mental Samurai. As they go through, 
basically the goal is the guy get through 12 questions in five minutes. These 12 questions are broken down into four towers. Those four towers have three questions associated with them. Those four towers are four different types of, of knowledge. The categories are puzzles, memory, sequence, and knowledge. Puzzles are, of course, like, you know, fill in the blank, fill in the missing word. Memory is look at this thing or listen to this. What is this thing? Sequence is put these in order from least to most, left to right. And knowledge is pure trivia. Uh, if they get one question wrong at any point during these five minutes, the game ends and they're out. If they can succeed and get 12 questions through five minutes, then they get $10,000 and they get to go on to the bonus round called the Circle of Samurai. In Circle of Samurai, they got 90 seconds plus any time they have left over from this five minutes to get through four final questions. For each question they get right in this round, they get 25,000 bucks, meaning 25, 50, 75, $100,000. That's it. Apparently, they also get a ticket to the finals where the, the biggest amount of prize money or something or another go on to play for a quarter million dollars. They're not considered a mental samurai unless they get through the Tower of Samurai, which is the qualifying round, and they complete all four questions in the Circle of Samurai final round. That's, that's the game. Uh, Rob Lowe is an okay host. I mean, he, he just kind of sits back and is fine. What I like about the show is the puzzles, the questions. They're partially idiot test inspired, which I kind of enjoy. Partially great trivia. And it, it's exciting stuff. It, it's fun to play along with the game. But where I find it to falter is with Ava the robot thing and the clock. Because it's all randomized, I assume, except for it's you have to get through three questions per tower. The way that Ava goes from one place to another tells me it takes about three to four to five to six to sometimes seven seconds to do that transfer. That's eating away at a contestant's time. But something tells me we're eventually going to see a contestant get to one final part of the game and almost within like less than one second left run out of time, which could have been there if it wasn't for Ava doing like a 360 pizza turn on the contestant to get to the memory wall or whatever. Also, if it's memory, you have to get through the puzzle and then you get the question. It, I, it doesn't really explain to me if the contestant gets to, say, go on to the question or you have to sit through 15 seconds before you get to it. If there's a ticking clock, it doesn't really work when it comes to things like memory and it doesn't really work when it comes to let's turn a contestant here, there, everywhere associated with. It just seems like an extra prop to what would be an otherwise boring game. I'm, I'm sorry, it's if it's straight up just going to be answered 12 questions in five minutes, people would see that as boring. So they added this cool office chair simulator where you spin around in an office chair while someone asks you math questions. And it, it's okay. Like, like, I'm not as upset about this game. I'm actually kind of impressed with the game. I thought it was going to suck, to be honest, because they kept pushing this show back because of events. But watching it, 
it does grab you. It does suck you into watching it. It does remind you a bit of American Ninja Warrior. And that's partially because almost every contestant has to have the sob story where it's, you know, well, I'm this, or I grew up here, or I'm the firefighter, or I'm the policeman. And then you get into the, they're in the chair talking to Rob Below. Eh, I don't. I don't know if it works for this, per se. The reason is, is because American Ninja Warrior, when they get those sob story, it almost acts like a player profile, something that you would see in an Olympic event. With something like Mental Samurai, it still feels like a sob story you would see on a 2008, 2009, 2010 game show. Like, oh, our house got flooded, there was a fire, my mom died of an illness... So I want to play this game show. It it does it doesn't help me root for the contestant. This is a game show where I don't know if we're supposed to root against Ava or root for Ava. And if Ava is the game that controls, is Ava the arm? Is Ava the question writer? Who is Ava? We don't really get an understanding of that either. All we know is, hey, the arm spins around 360 degrees and spins the contestant isn't that cool it's kind of like a -a tilt-a-whirl machine but the puzzles are great and i think if it wasn't for the the great questions and the great trivia questions and the puzzles and the sequence and it's kind of silly and rob lowe just talking with this it would not be an exciting show this this show is exciting, and it just seems like the the prop of Ava is just set dressing just to make an otherwise boring game look cool. The idea is to give the contestants some distress, and I could see that. So you can't really compare it to things like the chair or the chamber where we're torturing the contestant. It kind of feels like the UK game show Beat the Brain meets somewhat of Brain Rush because it's kind of supposed to be like a roller coaster. But I can't think of another game show currently in America that has these sort of puzzle elements involved. And I love that. I love these puzzle questions. I don't see that on Jeopardy. I don't see that on Wheel of Fortune. That this gives it a very, very unique question type that is not given anywhere else, which I enjoy completely. And I enjoy. I enjoy like playing along with those puzzles. Um, not the only thing that I just don't care for is the Ava arm thing that spins around and I will applaud the show. They barely spoiled. They did spoil some of the upcoming events, but what I enjoyed with, with this presentation wise is the music, the background, the technical design on a technical level. This is really state of the art stuff. And I'm guessing they were trying to go for like a futuristic game show here because the lights, the tempo, the audience, this feels like a game show that would be in like 2045. Instead, it's now 2019. And it's weird seeing Rob Lowe host it, but sure. I mean, like I, I'm trying to figure that out too in terms of casting wise, why Rob Lowe? But it feels like, at least to me, they wanted someone that was kind of common like a common person that could be the everyday man and they didn't want this to be a sports presentation as much as they were trying to make it a sports presentation so along the way you see people fail 
and you see a lot of contestants go through it and then get like after two questions wrong and they continue playing. So sometimes you see contestants bail out at eight, sometimes at seven. And then if you get someone at 12, you get the eventual sam- uh, circle of samurai game, which is okay. But the graphic package when it comes to the display is Euro style bold. And that's a deal or no deal font. That's the deal or no deal font. That's the everyday game show font. And to me, when I'm seeing something like Mental Samurai, and I'm thinking futuristic game show, that screams a little old. That screams a little retro. I think they should have had a different font when it comes to uh, displaying the prize money when it comes to this game show. But, I mean, I, I can't fully nitpick this show for this and that and this and that. This game really did exceed my expectations. I don't know if I want to watch it again, but if it's on, I'm definitely going to watch it. Do I want to be a contestant on the show? No, because I get sick easily. I I black out on loop-de-loops. So going in the Ava, probably not my best bet, but the question types are great. Roblo is actually a fun host, and the, the show definitely should continue being on the air because man it is exciting to watch i did not know it was going to be that exciting five minutes to get to ten thousand dollars okay but then there was the bonus round and i feel like that game that's where the game kind of falters so here's how i would fix it but it's hard to fix it because the main element is ava and that's my main qualm with it is because ava eats away at the time so here's how I would kind of have done Mental Samurai. <clears throat> Five minutes to answer as many questions instead of just 12. If you Each of these are randomized, so you're not going to get 12. You might get knowledge, then you might get memory. Then you might go back to knowledge, and you might go to something else. For every question you get right is $1,000. But if you get one question wrong, you spin out. Literally, they will spin you 360 clockwise around the entire stage to eat away at some time. And you lose everything up to that point. Uh, if you and it's play with five contestants in each episode, kind of like TKO, but eh, they get to keep whatever money they've made in this round. So it's just like someone made like got three right, they got three thousand dollars. So someone got five right, they got five thousand dollars. Of course, this is where the tiebreaker would play, and if so, it's like whoever made the most money, of course, goes on to the final round. But in the event of a tie, like you have two contestants, each with six or each with seven, it's whoever got the most correct answers during the game. So even if you've spun out, uh, those questions are still banked and those are still important to qualify you to the final round. In the final round, it is the circle of samurai again. Uh, but this time it's a final five minutes. It's not, it's basically played the same as it was in the main game. But now, each of those, t- you have to go through each tower. So for each circle you go through, so you go through the knowledge, you go through a puzzle, you go through memory, and go through a sequence. If you complete all four of those in the five minutes, we double your money. So that $9,000 becomes $18,000. And if you still have time, you continue playing. So that eighteen dollars can become thirty-six. You do it again, 72000 and so on for as much money as possible. One incorrect answer, and your one is done. Whoever made the five biggest money at the end of each episode goes on to a season finale 
where it's played with $5,000 per question and rinse repeat in that final circle of samurai. That's how I would have done it. Alternatively, what I would have done is just uh, made it so the five for you get $1,000 for every question you get right. If you get up to 10, the game stops and every question thereafter doubles it with any remaining time left. And that's it. Like, you you can make this like a cash cab experience. You don't have to full-blown make it like a tournament style like American Ninja Warrior. You can flat out just make it so each act is someone's game. And I think if, if you create a, some sort of element where it's not one and done necessarily in the qualifying round, but in a you can see a contestant totally screw up multiple times, it would be interesting. So I, I kind of like some of these contestants and seeing them like screw up on the second or third like question, eh, that, that, that really did bum me out. And I did want to see more of them. So I think having it be so, oh, they just lose time, they lose all their money, and they keep playing questions with like three minutes left on the clock, that would still that would still be an interesting game because there's still time to catch up, almost like a mastermind situation for for Mental Samurai. At least that's what I would have done with Mental Samurai. I would have made it like a mastermind situation instead of a uh, a beat the the computer game. But I I don't know. I like the tech. I think Ava is just there. But I I was excited watching it. I did play along. And I like the towers. I'm not calling it Tower of Samurai. I'm not going to call it Circle of Samurai. I'm going to call it the qualifying round and the bonus round. Because that seems to be all that matters with this game. Uh, and, and I think Rob Lowe was a nice host. But man, I don't care about sob stories. And I still don't care about Euro style font. It still feels old when you're trying to come up with this futuristic cool game show. But that's just how I feel about it. I, I do like it. There are some things that do need work, but it did impress me. And I was, go- I, I was going into it feeling a little unimpressed, thinking it's just spinning around in circles while someone asks you questions. This wasn't it. It was kind of more like when you're in the Avo robot, it's just kind of just picking you up and then like forklift operating you over to it. And it spins, but not like, super fast like you're gonna vomit spin it's supposed to be like a like like almost like ripley an alien kind of robot it's kind of cool actually Uh, i don't trust enough to go in there without getting sick but i know if you are like someone who likes roller coasters or roller coaster simulators this is definitely that robot and it's definitely the game show for you and i do actually recommend you check out mental samurai it's on Fox Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. You can probably check it out, the Fox Now app right now. And that's going to do it for us here at the uh, Game Shows, I suppose, studio. Join us next week for another game show. Sorry it's been a little lengthy. And until next time, have a big smooch. Mwah! <laughs>